Yeah, this is pastrami. Uh, this is made with brisket. It's based on like a Montreal smoked meat recipe. Yeah. If you ever been to Montreal or New York, you know like. Should I talk into this right now? Ah, you're good. You it's probably me? getting you. Okay. Can you hear him in the headphones? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Right. So yeah, Montreal, <laughs> New York are like the the spots for pastrami. Right. And uh, smoked meat. The Montreal is like a smoked meat sandwich. Um, Mile End is the neighborhood in Montreal. I used to live pretty close to there. Oh, nice. And uh, they they opened up a shot <laughs> or opened up a spot in New York City. So they have like a, a Jewish deli. And, my uh, favorite guest. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. That's dude. Montreal smoked meat. Why were you living in Montreal? Um. So my wife and I moved around like a lot. Well, dude. That is phenomenal pastrami. Can I, can I grab a glass of water, actually? Absolutely. Um, I, I've don't... been eating mostly smoked meats and salty meat and drinking coffee, and then at some point switching to beer. That's like, a, that's honestly I... my dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've been uh, trying to get there. You can yeah. throw the headphones on, too. It sounds way better. Okay. Yeah, it. Uh, I've been trying to take it easy on the beers because like, it messes up your sleep. Right. And uh, getting enough sleep has been. Yes, yeah, sleep is a uh, little would crucial. Like, would you like sparkling water? That'd be great. Thanks. Only the fanciest. Oh, this is nice. Dude, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll more of this. I'm taking one for the road. So I hope all you guys are good with hearing loud chewing noises because it's <laughs> happening. This? <clears throat> that's so good. Did you get hungry? Yeah, yeah. I don't even want that. <clears throat> Mm. So, yep. Dude. Yeah, that's killer. How's the sandwich? How's the sandwich? Yeah. What's wrong with him? It's good. I'm just really ugly. That's the problem, really. With the <laughs> he's like wondering if I'm in frame. It's like, no, nah, I'm in frame. I'm just terrible to look at. Dude, that's phenomenal. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, pastrami in general, but this is next level. Yeah, I'm a big brisket guy. Oh, show. Sorry, I got to mess with these. You're good. All right. You're good. We can edit. This isn't live, so oh, okay. no cool. big deal. Yeah. Um, I don't know how far back you want to start, but yeah, the uh, starting from right now, the shop is open. We, uh, we opened, we did like a soft open on Saturday. Nice. We had uh, friends and family on Thursday, so I had like 30 of my... 30 members of my family and a bunch of friends come in. Uh, I was really pumped. I had one of the dudes from the Steelers. He's like the backup. Uh, or he's like, a, yeah, he's backup center, I believe. Second string center. Okay. JC nice. Hasnow. Yeah, I know JC for sure. Dude, yeah. I text. I, I like follow. I don't, I don't know. Like, like I did social media stuff before, like just using Instagram and whatever. Right. But once I did uh, the Fat Butcher uh, Instagram at Fat Butcher Shop, I like... Uh, I just started like following everybody. I followed like all the Steelers, all the Pirates, all the Pirates. Like, and I'm like, if anyone hits me back, like I'll write them back right away. And he was like, dude, you're opening up like a whole animal butcher shop in Pittsburgh. Like you're doing like nose to tail butchery. I'm like, yeah. And uh, I was like, he was like, let me know whenever you open. And so like during bye week was mm. last week. He was like, I, I I wrote I wrote him and like a bunch of people like, hey, during bye week, come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, dude, like, what days? And I was like, well, we're going to be soft open Saturday. Grand opening's the next week. We have friends and family on Thursday. And he's like, 
what's up with the friends and family? I was like, it's going to be like maybe like 30 people or so. Like we're going to be drinking. Uh, you know, it's low pressure for the staff to like, you know, I mean, it's going to be like all my uncles, like everyone breaking right. balls. Like it's going to be fine, but we're going to be cutting steaks to order. We're going to be doing like, you know, a first trial. Like we we're butchering, butchering a cow the day before. That's and killer. A pig like two days before that. So we had a bunch of sausage we had made, cutting like huge ribeyes. Um, and dude, yeah, I got some cool Ugh. pictures from that. I like sawed like all these like ribeyes and they were cutting them. I sold the first one to my cousin and then he bought the second one. And I was just like really pumped. And he was just like one of the dudes just like hanging out with right. all my friends. Like we didn't make it like a big deal. It was For sure. Like, that's like, how it's got to be. Like, they don't yeah, want to, no. you know, they don't want that either. No. They're just like, normal dudes. Yeah, everybody else is just like, yeah, like, I didn't even make, like, a thing of it or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, just he, everyone in the, on the staff was just like, you got some big-ass friends, dude. <laughs> I had, like, a couple <laughs> he, other dudes He fits in at a butcher shop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the guy you expect to see. He's he's a country boy a little bit, too, from what I remember, so. Yeah, and he's he's got some cooking chops, I mm. guess, too. So, um, yeah, he I, I haven't seen what he did with the... Uh, with the Instagram, like with that huge ribeye, right? But uh, I'm sure he did something. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check in it. on that too. Yeah. yeah. So I cover the Steelers a little bit actually too. So I'll try to talk to him maybe after a game or practice or something about it. See what he thought. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. get that plug for you. Please do, dude. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. So I got a billion questions. I'll just say that off the top because, like I said, I've been. My dad grew up grilling and smoking meat, so I grew up in a big meat eating family. And just have been obsessed with it. Once I started living on my own, I got a smoker right away. I've been smoking meats and doing the whole thing for a long time. What kind of smoker do you use? I got like a big green egg. It's not a big green egg, cool. but it's a Kamado smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've, I love I've, it. I, I, I haven't used those. I've always had the like base run of the mill um, uh, Weber kettle. Yeah, and like. I just watched. I, I did just, that for a long time. Yeah, snake I, method or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched some like country ass dudes on YouTube that like show Dude, how to do it. It's a whole yeah, yeah. You can't do like a brisket on there though. Right. You can't do like a long smoke. Right. And um, there was guys that used to come into the butcher shop in Madison. Uh, we used I used to work at Underground Underground Butcher. That was where I where I got started. Okay. And uh, there was guys that would come in and they would show us like. Yeah, I'm smoking this at my house right now on my phone. Like I'm, I'm keeping track of the temperature. It was the Komodo thing, and then there was the thing like a it's like a DigiQ or a Party like Q, a Flame yeah. Boss or something. Yeah, they like, make all kinds of stuff like that wild. to regulate it. Yeah, it's like a little fan that clips onto the vent, yeah. and yeah, 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 which is nice because like if someone's gonna spend you know 200 bucks on something, like I don't want to tell them like how to cook it and then they mess it up or something. You know, like it's right, not, right. It's, it's hard. It's a, it's enough pressure. Like if I'm cooking staff meal for like you know a couple people like i don't want to mess it up exactly I definitely don't want to sell someone something then tell them how to do it and then expect and wrong. That they're gonna do it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 then they feel like you're the cause for the bad dinner that they just had <laughs> yeah, it's like oh yeah. I, I just spent money to mess up my meal that's yeah. awesome great I mean, just feeling make sure you add enough salt <laughs> like that's uh, that's usually the first thing like salt it heavier than you think you want yes to, you know that is rule number one for yeah. smoking anything i remember the first time i ever smoked a pork butt I I was doing it with one of my friends who had been smoking meats for a long time. And I like put some rub on the pork butt and he just completely made fun of me for the amount of rub. He's like, dude, do you want it to have flavor or not? I'm like, but that looks like a lot. But he's like, dude, cover Cover that thing. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I mean, these are the things you learn for sure. mm -hmm. Under seasoning things is a, is a real problem that people have. Yeah. I, we, the thing we did, we did even a pork butt, right? 
So we did we did a smoked pork butt uh, last night or two nights ago, mm. and so we pulled it out. It's a little bit unconventional the equipment that we got. So we have uh, what's called a CVAP. It's a cook and hold made okay. by Winston. It's actually a holding oven. Um, but one of the butchers I had worked with in Madison, I think, had worked at um, a place called Alinea in Chicago under uh, Grant Atkins. He's like one of the goats. Like okay. If you watch like Chef's Table season one, like he's, he's on there. Yeah. Hell he's yeah. like a guy. And uh, I think now I'm not 100% if it's true if it, he was the first one to like start smoking stuff in a, a holding oven. Mm-hmm. But actually, like now there's there's newer combi ovens that have smoke boxes attached on the inside mm-hmm. made by rationale and stuff. But we've got sort of like where I learned is like using this thing. That's like a shoebox size smoke box. Where you put wood chips in and you put it inside of a steamer. Then the steamer is the cook and hold, which is are mainly used in like cafeterias and whole foods for thawing right. out like frozen, okay. you know, uh, macaroni and cheese or whatever, like right, just getting right. it to the right temp and then just dumping it into a tray. Sure. Um, but that's that steam is something you know if you're smoking meat like in your green egg like you want to have a water pan in there right yeah so we can control the humidity and the heat and then with this smoke box i'm only using like a couple tablespoons of chips and it smokes for like four hours so that was smoked nice i went down there at like 11 o'clock the the night at night after starting it at like seven and just turn the smoke box off and then let it steam the rest of the way but it gets the smoke in there you know because right. it's it's oh yeah, you can definitely box. tell. You right. can taste the smoke for sure. That like I said, that's definitely yeah. the best pastrami I've ever had. <laughs> it really is. Like, like that's not I'm right. not just saying that cuz you're here. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Like if we weren't recording, that would be gone right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually I've been I've been handing that to a couple of customers like as it's like the first couple we were messing with the time and temperature and trying to get it right and then and so we were giving samples and being like, what do you think of this? You know, like I made a hand the other day. It's like a little too salty, mm-hmm. but like I'm cutting stuff and just handing it over the counter and being like, That's tell hilarious. me, give me feedback, yeah, yeah. you know? And uh, my buddies who, when I made this a few years ago and when I was coming back home to visit from Madison, uh, were, they were all like, dude, if you do this in Pittsburgh, like you're going to gonna blow it. their you're minds. Gonna be fine. Yeah. And like, so this is something I've been waiting to do and waiting to like, debut to people yeah. like, for a couple years now. I mean, who else even does? I'm Like, Permanis is what most Pittsburghers would know pastrami from, honestly. Mm. Like, maybe get a pastrami and cheese at yeah. Permanis. I don't know who's making their pastrami. I don't know if they're making it. Uh, they probably don't know who's making it. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't know which cow that came off. Yeah, of. yeah, right. That's the other thing. Is like That's crazy. Yeah, we butchered that cow. like, And then... And then took the briskets off yep. and then added the brine, wait three weeks take it out, wash it, put a rub on there that is like, you know, it's specific to how I want Mm -hmm. it to taste and then smoke and steam it. Yeah. That whole process is foreign to me. I never, I never made pastrami, but I do know that it's a whole brine. It's a whole preparation to it. That's so much different than just smoking a brisket. It's uh, it, it, along with a lot of other things that we're doing in the shop are preservation methods, you Mm -hmm. know, like sausages, the original sausages are just preservation methods. You had all this meat, they would put it in the casings, which are the intestines of the animal. Yep. And they would put those like under saddles of horses and ride around and like put salt and meat inside of intestines and ride around until they got beat up enough that they were edible. That's and then, savage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Mongols are like <laughs> doing is. that shit. Like that's awesome. And uh, you know, curing meat over the winter time 
you know, yeah. is, is the same thing. Uh, smoking is a preservation method. So when you smoke right. something, that makes it last longer. Yep. It, it, it uh, prevents uh, bacteria growth. And uh, a lot of the books we have are like, we have a pretty cool library. Um, and our chef, his name is Jesse Barless. He, okay. uh, I believe he, he started out uh, in culinary school in Chicago, cut his teeth there, at some like fine dining, moved out to L.A., um, finally, and then ended up moving back to Pittsburgh or not back to Pittsburgh cause he's from Virginia originally, but okay. he has like a really, uh, strong passion for, uh, reducing food waste. Okay. And so even with vegetables, fermentation, making kimchi, wow, making, nice. uh, hot sauces, you utilizing everything. That's really cool. So he's doing all that in the kitchen. I'm doing a lot of this in the, on the butcher side. The squad we have, uh, is, is pretty strong right now. We have like, uh, seven employees total uh and uh yeah everyone there right now is just they're just crushing stuff in the kitchen right now like we're doing doing all sorts of things but yeah. it's it, a lot of it is in order to in order to utilize the whole animal and in order to reduce food waste you have to you have to apply some preservation methods whether it's um curing fermenting smoking mm-hmm. you know and just trying to marry all those things and uh yeah that's sick so are yeah. you guys using the bones and everything like you making bone broth out of the bones and stuff like yeah. that as well Just selling bone marrow we're selling bones we don't have a uh so we we will i can sell bone marrow but it's such a small amount it's hard, mm. hard to get out i got you so like in some like commercial butcher shops they have uh or production facilities or wherever they'll have the, a big bandsaw Right. And uh, you can cut the bone lengthwise. Right. And like to do that. like, And that's open. what it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really sick. Yeah. I, and like I've, I've, I've been to like restaurants where they're like. Bring like, it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like pour, pour like some liquor through it or something. <laughs> like bone marrow shots. And uh, why but, not? Yeah. But ours will just saw off the ends. But we'll roast all the bones. We're roasted bones this morning. And we have beef stock. It's awesome. You know, rolling. And uh, it gets used in, in a tons of, tons of different applications. Yeah, I love it, man. I want to back up a little bit, though, because you mentioned Montreal. You mentioned Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Where are you from originally? (laughs) I'm trying to piece this together. Yeah. Uh, So I'm from I'm from the AK Valley. Originally, I went to Kiski. I'm from a small town called Vandergrift, which I'm not sure. I mean, you guys know the guys from the Mad Factory. I know from Elijah Davis being in Vandergrift. Yeah, that's the only reason I know that. You've been there? I've never been there, no. I just know the name because it's on his contracts when he mm. fights for us. I gotcha. Yeah, it's a, it's a little steel mill town, you know, up on the uh, Kiski River, um, up up just past, uh, you know, New Ken, yeah. Earl, and all that. Got it. Um, yeah, so that's where I grew up. Um, I played football at Kiski. I played football in college at uh, Muskingum University. Okay. It's in Ohio. It's nice. a small school. Um I know since you have a lot of uh, MMA uh, listeners and you're, you know, obviously sure. on the promotion, uh, you know that that is like a hotbed for wrestling. And I definitely should have uh, wrestled. Our coach there, Chuck Tursky, was uh, like a legendary nice. MMA, like, uh, I don't know. He was Pioneer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I think they did like tough man competitions back in the yep. day, he would wrestle Dudes that weren't even on the wrestling team at gym class. He That's would, sick. Yeah, dude. He I was love our it. football coach. Um, so anyway. Like yeah, you could have had a head start. You're, you're a purple belt now, which is still an incredible achievement. <laughs> but dude, you could be. Yeah, I don't think I had it in me in high school, man. Like, <laughs> I don't think I had it in me to go in a singlet. I, I didn't have the heart back then, man. Yeah, like, yeah. 
that's a that's a tough sport and i uh i knew not to mess with the wrestlers and, uh, <laughs> and i knew that if i had to go and like practice with them it was going to be a tough, tough right. day. and um coach tursky uh he was like you know you should be wrestling instead of playing basketball i mean i shouldn't have been even trying to play <laughs> basketball but uh and he was like you know if i if he was like if i really wanted you to wrestle like you'd be wrestling right and i'm like i i do know that i, I do believe you, that. you could yeah. yes you could make me wrestle <laughs> but I had fun playing football and uh, mainly focused on that. I moved out to, well, after college, um, I I, uh, I actually majored in geology. Okay. So my goal there was basically to just get in oil and gas and make some money, pay off, you know, everything. Very reasonable. College. Yeah. I thought it was a good move. It was at the time. I uh, There was like an oil, I don't know if it was like a boom. This is like 2007, 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, we started working in California on oil rigs. Nice. Um, as a geologist there, it was it was, it was kind of rough, like crappy hotels and being on site. But right. When you're outside, like, you know, as a professional, it was, it, was, it was a good spot to be. I learned a lot. And then my wife was in France at the time, and this is how we get to Montreal, right? So okay. she was studying French, um, and she got a job in D.C. And so then I started applying. I got an environmental consulting job in D.C. as a geologist. Nice. Um, it was great. Uh, it was like, you know, that sort of like young professional lifestyle, like living yeah. in the suburbs of DC, right. fighting traffic, commuting. It was okay. Um, I learned a lot there, learned how to do like, you know, consulting, uh, mm-hmm. would still travel around a lot, but, uh, still doing geology. Um, my wife was not pumped with her job, so she wanted to go back to school. So she went and they had a program in Madison, Wisconsin called the PFMP, which I think just ended, but uh, it's a professional French master's program. So mm. she took her undergraduate degree and turned it into a master's. And it was like one year of coursework and one year of an internship or six months of an internship. And so uh, part of that internship is living in a French speaking country. Okay. My company happened to be bought by a French Canadian company. And I was like, can I just transfer there? And they were like, yeah. What are the odds of that? Crazy. Wow. That's Within that nuts. one year that we were yeah, there, yeah. we got bought. Yeah, the timing is insane. Yeah. So we moved up to uh, Montreal. And we were only supposed to be there for six months. But then they wanted, my company wanted me to stay. Her company wanted her to stay at, after the internship. So we stayed for a couple years. I was learning French at night because you had to get, if you want to get permanent residency, all this stuff. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. But I, I, yeah, so I was like working all day and that's when I started training jujitsu. Okay. Um, I had played like rugby when I was in DC, but you know, enough concussions and, uh, I yeah, found out about that. Life. <clears throat> no, yeah. not anymore. I'm not trying to get in the head at all. <laughs> so, uh, I found jujitsu up there. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, uh, runs, uh, Gracie Baja mm-hmm. in Montreal. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has like a really good connection to all the uh, all the Danaher guys at Henzo's. So I was traveling a lot for work. I would go to New York and I got to train oh, in the wow. basement a couple of times as a white belt. Yeah. As Did you a get ringworm? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got beat the fuck up. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what you do at white belt. You just get beat up. Exactly. Um, and uh, wow, what an experience though, dude. Yeah. So I got I ended up getting my blue belt from Bruno up there, uh, and. I always knew, like then, like I know I'd known about Warren Stout, and like I know about Stout back then when I first started because I saw the Henzo connection, I right? Was like, Pittsburgh, if and when I'm in Pittsburgh, that's the and, place. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the spot. And whenever I would come back for the holidays, 
I would stop in Stout. So I think I'd seen all but like their very first gym that was like on Butler Street. Nice. And that's uh, cool, man. I would pop in there and I would pop in the Matt Factory and get wrecked. Mm-hmm. And uh, as remember, is tradition, dude. I, I think I had been training jujitsu for about six months, and Dempsey was in the <laughs> UFC, and I recognized him. And Dom Mazada right. and uh, Isaac were like wrestling, and mm-hmm. dude, they came like flying out of the doorway. And I was like, dude, these guys are fucking nuts. They just kept fighting on top of the shoes. And Dom's just laughing, dude. Like these that guys are amazing. These dudes are nuts. And then I rolled with Dempsey, and he was like, he was like so so much pressure. And so low to the ground, I could get, I got no frames and I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, I'm like, how, how are you like, so like tight, but also like so much pressure, you know, like right. I couldn't get anything in. And he's like, dude, I've been wrestling since I was like six. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's what I do. It's easy. Yeah. This is easy. He, t- he tapped me out just with one, with one hand. And I like was unmount. I'm like, I can't, I, there's nothing I can do here. Like, that's, yeah. This that's is terrible. Humbling, man. <laughs> this is yeah. terrible for me. Yeah. That's most people's experiences rolling with Dempsey though, to be fair. No shame in that. Mm. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great experience. And I, I, I love going back there or I did whenever, every time I would come home, you know, I would stop mm-hmm. it stop in at stout and i would stop in at the mat factory and roll in like a sunday or something like that and then you know travel back so montreal i was uh i was i was at the point where i wasn't doing much geology right like i was i was skipping out on work i was just going to the gym at lunchtime i was training like six days a week it was so fun wow. but i wasn't like good mentally you know mm-hmm. i was like mm-hmm. struggling in an office environment my my friend uh paul kukler from uh uh, Northern Virginia, he and his father had a restaurant uh, for for like 20 years, 30 years. And uh, I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, I'm sitting in the office. Like, let me put together a uh, business plan to like start a restaurant. Oh, wow. I no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, no yeah. idea what I'm doing, but I'm like, I'm, I'm literally like fucking around at work. Let me and, just try this. Yeah. And um, and actually, uh, man, my buddy Max, I'm trying to think of Max's last name to, to have you like check him out. He... He's a black belt in, in uh, Gracie Baja. He's one of the instructors. And uh, he probably, I don't even know if he'll remember this, but I think I re- may have written him. We were we were like walking from the gym to somewhere one time and he goes like, he was like, hey man, he was like, you imagine like going to work every day and being like, dude, I don't like this. And like, I, this sucks. And I'm and like, just dude, like, I do that every, like yeah. all the time. I can imagine that actually. He's like, how are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, dude, like you should just like not do it. And I'm like, oh, I guess I could. Just Fair not. enough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that kind of what is what sparked the the uh, the thing like sparked the change you know it was like nice Max inspired I I'm 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 sure I told him that maybe at some point but like if not I'll look up Max and I'll send this to him afterward and be like <laughs> bro like shout out shout like, out Max he's the fucking man he they do like all the cold water training like a lot of right. guys around here do like he's been doing all the movement stuff and that's killer teaching kettlebells he was swinging one of those like big maces the maces the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude he's <laughs> jack he played doing? football at uh at mcgill in montreal too oh wow so he's a, he's all right a stud. nice he's a stud. now he's a black belt right so yeah. uh so i put together this business plan and i meet up with one of my boys his name's uh bobby kimball he lives like right near here and uh i was like hey man i'm like will you look at this on paper like he's a finance guy oh, okay and i'm like on paper does this work mm-hmm. like as a business plan and he's like yeah and then I'm like, all right, cool. So like me and Paul are going to like meet up in Pittsburgh. I'm driving back from Montreal. Paul's going to drive up from DC. We're going to pitch you this idea in your office. And like, if you think investors would bite on it, let's, we might run with it. Nice. He goes, yeah, this works on paper. He goes, but you have no experience. True. And so uh, I'm like, true. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, 
run a restaurant. I guess. And he's like, yeah, you're going to, you you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, well, Paul's like, don't quit your job. He's like, but if you can move back to the U.S. and go to a city or wherever, he's like, because working in a kitchen in Quebec is going to be even tougher because you're right. going to suck and not speak French. So uh, we moved. We ended up getting, Katie ended up getting a job at UW-Madison. So we moved back to Madison, Wisconsin. And it's a, dude, Madison's a fucking cool town. It's, nice. It's really awesome. And also, uh, uh, Mark Plavkin, who's black belt in Madison, uh, that's where I took my first jujitsu class. Um, he was, uh, his gym is called Twisted Fitness, and uh, they're under Alliance. So he okay. has this black belt from Jacare. Um, wow. And uh, he, he did my first couple intro classes, but I was traveling a lot for work, and he was like, you need to do this like multiple times a week. You can't right. just do like once a week yeah, like, yeah. on the weekend. He was like, I don't even want to like take your money. He's like, but if you ever, if your schedule ever settles down, let me know. And I reached out to him before we moved to Montreal and he emailed me like a bunch of gyms and he was like, it's, you know, he was like, just do jujitsu. It's yeah, awesome. Right. Like, right. Like whatever it takes. He was like, I'm, I don't care if it's at my gym. And then when I moved back from Montreal, Bruno said the same thing. He was like, it doesn't matter if it's a Gracie Baja or wherever. He's like, just, keep doing just do it yeah yeah so when i moved back to madison i went right to uh mark's gym uh nice. mark and sonia uh shout out <laughs> they're awesome they uh it was it was like a, a upstairs of a gym called ford's which has a full boxing ring in there and oh like wow legit like pro boxers are fighting out nice madison in this little gym powerlifting high level guys that were doing like strongman competitions and shit and then upstairs is jujitsu and i'm like what a place. Yeah. What a place to not talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't be bringing your bullshit into a place like that. Mm. Get humbled quickly. For Very sure. Good. Yeah. So I would, I, you could like watch the guys spar while working, like warming up. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah. There, there's some great young boxers out of there. Um, so I trained there for a couple of years um, when I moved back to Madison. And that's where I like quit my job. Quit right. My job took my friend Paul's advice. Go into a restaurant. Find the best restaurant you can. You're going to suck. You're not going to get paid shit. Um, and uh, just keep your head down. Work really hard and ask as many questions as a chef will, will, will answer for you. Yeah. So I started working for Tori Miller. Um, he was a James Beard Award winner for Best Chef in the Midwest out of Dang. Madison. I beat, up, beat out all these chefs in Chicago years ago. Doing That's pretty wild. Table. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's, 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 a real, he's a real one for sure. Um, and then also Johnny Hunter. Uh, who owned uh, Underground Butcher. Okay. So when we lived in Madison, I used to go there. And I would, I remember the first time I went in there, I was like, I, I'd never been into a real butcher shop since I was a kid in Vandergriff going to like Del Vecchio's, which shout out Del Vecchio's. <laughs> I was say, that's a plug right there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Del Vecchio's and Fazio's, man. My mom and I used to go every day to one of the Italian stores and Fazio's was like down the hill and uh, Del Vecchio's was up in the Heights. And uh, they would like let you walk around the coolers, or you know, I was a little sure, kid, so. sure. But yeah, I'd never been in a butcher shop like that, uh, you know, since I was a kid. So they had a whole pig head in the case. Hell yeah! And I was like, "What do I do with that?" And they're like, "We'll, uh, we'll tell you." Like I was like, "How much is it?" They're like five bucks or ten bucks or something. And I'm like, "I'll do it." So I started cooking and I started hanging out, buying stuff from there. So when I moved back to Madison, I emailed those guys. Michael Signorelli, uh, he was the one who. First taught me, uh, got me in there, uh, and like helped me break down or help, you know, allow me to come in and 
break down the first beef. Sure. Um, I was just like a stage, which is in restaurants, like you're just like an intern, right? Okay. So unpaid for a couple, and then they would let me go do deliveries and stuff, and I would break down one day a week. And then with Tori, uh, I was working in the back of his restaurant called uh, Gray's in Latoile. They're in the same building, and the, the Jedi was their okay. butcher in-house. Nice. So I would work with the Jedi a couple days a week. And then most of the week, I was full-time at uh, this restaurant called Estrion, which was also Tori Miller's. It was a Spanish tapas, real sick, like with all the like Spanish jamon and like uh, paellas. Mm-hmm. It was such good food. It got like best new restaurant. So we were busy as hell there. I'm just like trying to look, consume and like absorb as much of this, you know, uh, knowledge as I can. Um, my my good buddy uh, Jake Yet, uh, he was the chef. At Estreon at the time, we're still boys. Like I love that guy. Nice. Um, he taught me so much. Uh, Jamie Huang, uh, also, like yeah, just debt of gratitude to all of them. Um, and then, uh, so I was working in the bar uh, at Estreon because Paul, my friend, was like, "Hey, uh, you should really learn like the business." And mm-hmm. you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna open your own place, like see where the money moves. See right. How, you know, he's like, you're going to be good talking to customers and all that shit. And I did like bartending, but you drink too much. Um, and then uh, my brother passed away. Um, so it was like a real, real shock uh, in like 2017. And I was like, I got to go home. I got to yeah. go back home, man. I feel, you know, I I, uh, I was I was drinking a lot. And, uh, and I uh, got out of the bar and uh, started working full time at Underground. And underground butcher shop, getting to interact with customers, breaking down meat. I was like, dude, this is something I want to do at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the reason it's called Fat Butcher is uh, my brother, he played football in college also. He played at Toledo. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they beat Michigan one of the years that he was there. He still got the big poster. In his That's insane. Home. Wow. Yeah, Toledo, nice. Toledo won the Mac a couple of years. Uh, Ron Gronkowski and uh, Lance Moore. They were fucking loaded. Uh, shout out Andrew Hawkins, dude. Uh, That's a squad. Yeah. They were fucking, wow. dude, nice. they were sick. John Greco was uh, my brother's roommate for a while. Hawk was one of his roommates. Mm-hmm. Greco played for the, the Browns for like 10 years. Like, they, right on. They were huge, man. Those guys were awesome. Um, so I think out. like casual people don't understand what a big deal it is to stick in the NFL. Yeah. For any amount, like Dude, the, the worst guy I mean, in the NFL is one percent of the one percent that plays football. I know, man. People don't appreciate that. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like to not get hurt. Right. Right away. Yeah. Or all through college. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I, I tore my MCL when I was in like a one year prep school out of high school. And like I got no looks because we we're at Kiski right. anyways. Right. Kiski, we sucked. And uh, but like, you get one injury like that junior That's year, it. or like you know you're not getting any look. And like so, the same thing can happen to yep. like any any one of those guys. There's so many studs that are not playing football right now. You know? Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's terrible to see for various reasons too. But then you take a guy like has an hour to kind of loop around the conversation. Yeah, most people in Pittsburgh would be like, "Oh, he's he's a jag, he's a backup, he doesn't even play." Like, dude, you have no idea how good he is at mm. football. Like, he's so elite. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and there's so many of those guys like that, man. And like, yeah, dude, when fans like fans talk shit, and like you, I mean, if you're, oh, it's wild. Yeah, oh, it's insane. It's wild. You, yeah, you see those guys, and you're like, the amount of work they're doing. 
Now, I mean, there are like some like fat linemen that'll smoke cigarettes in the off season. Sure. Just be like, of course. <laughs> whatever. There's I'm still just people. A stud. Yeah, there's yeah. still people. Yeah. But like, I mean, some of those guys are just like naturally oh, yeah. ridiculous. Too, oh, yeah. You know? And then some, like, we were talking the other day about Chad, remember like Chad Johnson? Oh, yeah. Like, eating McDonald's and stuff. He's still that's a That's it. That's still his diet to this day, alleged. Yeah. I don't know if that's an act or not, but I think it's legit. I seen him I in the airport. I think that's real. I think it's real too. Oh, yeah. I seen him in the airport one time and he had McDonald's on him. That's and I'm beautiful. like, is that. Is that Ocho Cinco? Is and that we're like, happening? Yeah. And I'm like, go on Twitter. And then like 10 minutes later, he posts like from a McDonald's. Oh also, my I was like, God. He was eating McDonald's like, like I'm pretty sure it was like two a day. Two a day McDonald's. That's dedication. Two a day on the Mickey D's, man. Dude, <laughs> yeah. it worked for him. Yeah. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So. Um, I got, hang on. I got one question about the timeline. Because mm-hmm. here's the part that I think people listening will be inspired by i think and i think also it's a valuable lesson for people in general in their careers when you quit your job yeah in madison and went for it in the restaurant industry yeah you had no experience like what made you think that you would even get hired because that's a crazy <laughs> leap i don't know i don't know what made me think i could i could get hired uh i mean i i i don't know man i think like excuse me i think um just like anything else, like, and maybe, maybe I learned this by, by doing it, which is like, no matter what you do, you're going to suck at it at first. And mm-hmm. no matter what people are good at, they're good at it because they've worked at it right. for like a really long time. Right. So like you can get really good at something by doing it over and over. Right. So I was like, well, I, I I'll take the advice of someone who's done, done it, you know, and, and just at least, you know. I don't know, just go into it like with a questioning attitude. Like, how do I do this better? You know, right. like having people that are willing to teach, but that now that I'm now that I'm a business owner, I'm like starting to understand, you know, how how nice it was for those people to spend that time because right. teaching also costs money. Like sure. you know, like all of every every minute of your time is like valuable and exactly. Uh, Energy, money, it's yeah. all of it, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean I think I'm overly confident, uh, in general, you know, mm-hmm. and like probably more confident than I should be in a lot, in a lot of ways, uh, outside but, of like wrestling in high school, but sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, just in general, I'm like, I don't know. I think my mom was just like, you could do whatever you yeah. want, you know? And that's super valuable, man. I mean, honestly, it's led you to where you are today yeah. for sure. Like being willing to take that leap. That's why I wanted to dig into that because yeah. You hear so many people in various jobs like, oh, I hate my job. I hate my life. And they feel like they can't change it. But like yeah. changing it is always on the table if you're yeah. willing to go for it. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, and you have to have a support. You have to have a support system exactly. in place yep. too. Like I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my wife, Katie, um, because like when we were in D.C., she wasn't happy at her mm-hmm. job. And she's like, I want to go and major in French and French and get a master's in French. And like my my side is like what are, I'm like thinking like what are you thinking like what are we what are you gonna do with that you know like yeah. Teach. go like engineering or like <laughs> I don't know I just I, and I was like and I was a little bit more worried about it at the time but she was like if I'm not happy then what you know what's the point mm-hmm. you know and so we've gone back and forth and like supported each other through this so like when she went to grad school I was still working doing consulting that's awesome and then when we went to Montreal I was still doing consulting she was in grad school and then got a job Mm -hmm. and then she got a job when we moved back to Madison so like the budget was always like cut in half right yeah so it was like one of us could support the other you know we were we just live in little apartments you know we're neither of us are like 
you see what I'm dressed like, dude. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, outside the fanny pack, it's probably the most expensive uh, thing. <laughs> it's a nice ass fanny pack, it though. Is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we could just like get by with, um, you know, with less if you're just like smart about budgeting and stuff. Right. Like, you know, you had to learn that from somebody. So I like, you know, are lucky, lucky enough to that she comes from a good family uh, that taught her how to work hard. Both of her parents are ministers. So they never had much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my father's a barber still. Uh, nice. He, he still got the barber shop. My grandfather had a barber shop and six kids. <sighs> my mom's a teacher. Um, and, you know, like, you know, we worked and uh, we played sports and, you know. Yeah. Uh, had like, the fundamental values of hard yeah. work and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I was lucky, you know, lucky to learn that and lucky to have you know, been, been, had that confidence instilled in me. Sure. Like you can, you can do whatever, you know? And like, that's huge. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's a combination of like being confident and like, um, you know, trying different stuff and being kind of good at it or mm-hmm. not being good at it. And like, you know, but if you like it, then you'll keep doing it. And exactly. I think a lot of my friends are like raising their kids like this now. Like, I don't, I don't know if it was something that, that people did like as much, um, you know, in the past, which is like, just let your kids like whatever sport they want to do, like as long as they're into it and like, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll let, you know. Yeah, yeah, they'll right. let you know and they'll get better at it. It's weird though. Like they do, uh, like all these, uh, travel sports. Now, though. Oh, it's crazy nowadays. They just man. play like baseball oh. and they just like do that all year yeah. now or something. That's what it seems like. I don't have kids, but Me I have neither. friends with kids and stuff and I track it. And I'm like, I don't, I can't keep up with what your kid's doing right now. Like. Especially mm-hmm. if you're playing multiple sports, because then you're traveling all year. It's like, how are you maintaining your life while also parenting right now? I don't get it. <laughs> I know. I, I try. I try and listen to them and just be like, "All right, man. Like, if they got kids, like, I'm like, if I don't see you all the time, I'm not gonna like break your balls. Like, yeah, like, right. I'm just like, okay, I get, I, I get I, it. I think I get it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, I don't I, get it, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I get that. So. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. But I want to pull back too because. Uh, we got sidetracked with football talk, but talk about the name Fat Butcher Shop. You started to tell oh, the story. I did, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my brother's name was Patrick. And uh, whenever he went to college, I don't know how it started because, you know, you know how locker rooms are like. Right. His nickname became Fat. Okay. So he was Fat Dawson. Was he, was he fat? Like, is it I mean, that? I mean, he, he was a left guard in college. He was, fair. He wasn't. Got he wasn't, you. He didn't have a six pack. Yeah, yeah. He had like a big afro, like big, huge hair. That's uh, awesome. Big curly hair. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so uh, all his teammates called him Fat. And dude, he's he was the funniest. He was the funniest dude. I, I'll, I'll cry if I tell too many stories yeah, about him. Yeah, but like, yeah. he was the man out there. Everyone loved him. Uh, and, uh, and it was like a, a term of endearment, you know, like it wasn't like you're fat, you know, exactly. I mean? And like I got friends, you know, I grew up like kind of fat as well. So mm-hmm. like I get it all the time. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like immune to it. It's these an days. honor now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it's like with meat. Right. So that that was the way that I was like, I'm going to honor his nickname. That's so cool. But also it's like fat butcher isn't like the person who's fat. It's like the meat, like. The brisket, the brisket's the fatty right. piece of meat, and it has the fat is where the flavor is. Like fat is flavor. Absolutely. Um, we get these. We got these pork chops from Wildham. Uh, okay. Wildham is a farm like down near uh, Deep Creek, Maryland, and the fat cap on them is huge, and the marbling is beautiful, and it has a skin on there. Like that fat is gold. We're gonna we'll render it. You can use it to bake. You know, you nice. can use it to fry stuff. Uh, Fallen Aspen Farm, same thing. They're like 
Berkshire are great, but Berkshire crossed with our heritage breed pigs are even fatter. So they're nice. better. You know? Nice. Um, the, the beef is coming from Pasture Perfect. They are okay. a farm up near Grove City. And um, they have a black Angus that's like bred with uh, some Scottish Highland. They're the ones with like the emo hair. You know? Shaggy. Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, uh, they're really, really <laughs> the calm. emo hair. I love that. <laughs> yeah, like falls <laughs> yeah, down. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when you go into their like barn, like you have to like lower your voice to keep the call cat the cows calm. No way. And it helps with the marbling and like you know the muscle development. That's next level. They don't get stressed, and they they're they're fat, dude. They're, there's a lot of That's fat beautiful, like, in yeah. the meat, marbled. Um, wow. And we use it all, you know. So like, it's about that, you know. What I mean, that's what the name Fat Butcher is for. That's but, like, awesome. Those who know, I love my that. brother know me. Like they know it's. They know it's Pat. Dude, that's a perfect story. I yeah, love that. Thanks. So transitioning into, I'm sorry if I mess up his name, but I think you said Tori Miller. Was that? Yeah. Was yeah. there a time when you started working that you were like, I made a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if there was a time, but like there was tons of them. I, I suck, dude. The uh, man, It's just such a wild transition. Like I'm trying to yeah. wrap my head around not only doing it, but pulling it off like you did. Yeah. I remember going into the kitchen the first like couple nights and I didn't know if I was going to get a job because mm-hmm. it's a stage, right? So you're working for free or like you get staff meal and they'll take care of you. But I was just thinking like I, the only things I really knew was like, don't be leaning like if you're leaning, you could be cleaning, right? Like that's like one of the that's kitchen hilarious. Phrases. I never heard that. I've never been in a I've never formal said kitchen that to so, someone. Yeah. So like, but I knew I heard that before. <laughs> so I would always like stand. I would stand with my hands behind my back, like to not be like having my hands on shit. And mm-hmm. I would just be like, "Can I? Do you need me to do something? Can I help you?" And I would slowly watch people that were so like a lot of times like there's like different stations, right? Okay, so like you run a station, right? And then there would be someone who would just like float, mm. and the floater is that that's like. You get you get to that position. You don't start out floating because you have to know ahead of time like who is about to be in the weeds, like who's going to be in trouble. Okay, what can I get for them? Right. And like by the time I left, I could float. You know, because I, awesome. I could see something or like just and I would watch these guys and be like, they're you know putting plates over here for someone. How does he know they need plates? And they're like, thanks, chef. You know, like thanks, bro. Like nice. And I'm like, okay, like this dude is helping everybody. Like get him out of the weeds. Uh. And um, so the floaters. Uh, anyway, so I would just basically be standing in the way of everybody at first and i'm like a bigger dude so i'm taking up all this room in these like little kitchens and just go <laughs> behind hot sharp yeah yep and uh and tori like he's a ball buster dude he would like shine like the heat lamp at me and like the the some of the cooks and like in the in the dishwashers and like other dudes like they would speak spanish would call me tortuga nice which i didn't know what the fuck it meant but it means like tortoise like, yeah, you're, yeah you're so yep. slow dude or like burro like a donkey beautiful <laughs> and i just get it's beautiful dude i just got ragged on you get on like the worst station and you just get buried and you're doing desserts and then i saw a couple people that like did it really really well and and that's that was that moment because i was like dude i'm never gonna be that good mm. like i'm never gonna be as fast as Tony right cassetta like I'm never going to be as fast as Tori. I'm never going to be as fast as Jamie or Jake. Like those people crush or Boline, <laughs> bro. Like a lot of these guys are just so fast. Their knife skills are nasty. I'm like, mm-hmm. if I, by the time I get to their level of proficiency in a kitchen, I'm going to be like 50 years old and I'm going to be right. so slow. And I'm going to have 19 year olds that are running circles around me. They're coming out of culinary Been school. Been doing killing. it their whole life. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do it. And, um, my chef back then, her name was Desiree. Not Desi. Uh, she was so tough, dude. She was so tough on me and she was, 
she's who introduced me to our chef at Estrin or at, at Fat Butcher right now, mm. uh, 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 Jesse Barless. So Desi and Jesse were like best friends in culinary school. Uh, they're totally different from each other, um, but Desi's Desi was really tough on on me, and uh, she was like, "No, you you can definitely do this in a couple years." I'm like, "You can get to a position where you're a chef mm-hmm. in a few years." Like she gave me confidence. That's um, really cool. Yeah, but I I don't think I wanted to be a, a chef um, as much as I wanted. You don't get that interaction with customers. Right. I like I like bartending. Mm-hmm. Like, but I didn't like the idea of like ultimately starting a business to get people drunk. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could do like craft cocktails and I really sure. like that part of it too. Um and I still like have weird concoctions at my house. Like I'll make you a weird like old fashioned, you know, and, and right on. Like that in my I'll house. be over after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like I I'll batch up cocktails and bring them, you know, to a party. But I, I didn't want to like if I was thinking about a business that I wanted to like run myself, like I didn't want to be in a bar every day. I knew sure. I, I just being at the bar, being behind the bar, right. like, I don't think I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I will get fucked up every day. It's a different like, level for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just being constantly surrounded by it. And then the stress of doing so makes you want to drink. I'm oh, sure. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, like, dude, the friends and family night the other night, I, I didn't, oh, dude. Yeah. I got fucked. Like it was, it was so fun though. It was like a fun party. Right, right. And like the crash of the next day Ugh. was so rough. But like I was, I was cutting those, you know, cutting those rib loins in front of half an hour, you know, and That's like so and all my cousins and shit. And like my uncles are telling me like, oh, you need a different saw blade. They're just all breaking my yeah, balls. Right, right. I'm having a great time. And uh, a butcher next to me, Adam Harvey, is like, dude, why don't we have beers in our hands right now? And I was like, great point. Call. Someone please give me a beer before <laughs> I get to the bottom of this. <laughs> And uh, and then from there it was just like game on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I will party sure. all night. And like we were there at two in the morning, like chopping up salamis and uh, <laughs> sounds like a euphemism, but like literally we were chopping up salamis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and drinking bourbon. At 2 <laughs> my buddy Bobby. Yeah. Nice. You got the air. <laughs> what the hell? Just Danny. <laughs> He's, I love that he hasn't experienced any of the sounds yet. That was his. Uh, so yeah, we got like a little soundboard over there. Too. Yeah, don't give you too much room to work over there. I'll just, I'll just ramble. Like, it's a good thing, dude. That's the beauty of having the podcast set up like this. Is like we're not live. We're not on a time schedule. Like whatever we want to talk about, we can go there. And if it doesn't work, we can edit it out. But gotcha. Yeah, I mean, so far so good. Cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I didn't. I, I figured you wouldn't mind if I just like rambled. If I. That's what I wanted because okay, like <laughs> when I when I was like obviously I knew about you a little bit from Paul and from Stout and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. and I watched Fat Butcher like on Instagram. I've been following you guys and whatnot. But like. Me, like I said, being a meat guy in general, but there's a huge disconnect in my knowledge between like what I do and what you're doing now. So I had a billion questions about just the transition there. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If they're specific, yeah. Yeah, like, like when you got into restaurants in general, which we talked about a lot, was your goal, what was your goal at that time? Did you want to become a chef, like a executive chef? Did you just want to be involved in the uh, restaurant business? Like what was the goal to start? I don't know, man. I think it was, <laughs> you, uh, dude, you won it so hard. It's cracking me up. <laughs> like, I, ah, know, let me just get in here with this James I, beard. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was like, I was like, we wanted to move back to the U S and I was like, I always have that. I always have that geology background as like a, a fallback. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, if I don't like it in a year, like, and there was a couple of times, like when, yeah, when I was sure. like, I can't do this, I can't be a chef. And I was applying to like jobs in my old industry, but I was at that point in the middle management. I, 
I took a leap that I didn't realize was like there was no net. Like oh. I couldn't get a job again. Like I I, I, I worked myself out after a couple interesting. of years. Yeah, it was and it was uh it was tough. Like when I was in Montreal, I was I was applying to I want to say twenty to fifty jobs in environmental consulting a month. Ew. Like uh, like I was on I was in my office. I would go duck away and like other offices to like take phone calls and stuff and like i was i was trying to find another spot like in that field wow. and uh i was even gonna like take like you know multiple like steps backwards but it's like it's hard to do it it's that was one of those situations where it's like you're overqualified for right you know a field tech job mm-hmm. and like you've been working as a project manager you know and i'm like i want to make like 70 grand a year or something like that and they're like everyone's like well we're just going to hire someone who's been at our company who like mm-hmm. we don't have to retrain. And uh, the, the industry took a dip too. Like my company in the U S laid off like 15, 20% with those, like with those mergers and stuff comes like tons of redundancy. So like right. they start laying people off because the people that bought those companies want to get a return on their investment right away. Right. Sure. So it wasn't, I thought I had a backup plan. So like, when, when I took this leap, I was like, well, I always got that. But then once I didn't, I was like, all right, well, how do I make this work? Right. Right. Like, how do I? And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do it in Madison. Like, I love Madison. It's sick. It's a cool town. Uh, a lot of good friends still there. They're coming out to hopefully to the grand opening. I think my boy Drew Cathers, Drew Cathers, uh, 1-0 box, boxing, I think. Nice. <laughs> Purple belt uh, out of... Uh, <laughs> Rhode Island, uh, shout out! Uh, he's flying in for the for the grand opening, I believe, Hell next yeah. week. But uh, Madison's a cool town. But I was like, I don't have roots here, if, mm-hmm. and like, and I, I'm so glad we're doing it here because there's so many dudes like all my all my boys like that I grew up with that are still some of them are still around here that could like help, and they have contacts. That's so it's good, like, dude. You need to talk to this guy, dude. Mike Wilkins, yeah, hook, hook me up. Like, just getting to know the guys at Stout, like those dudes. I knew, I knew I was going to start back at stout like as soon as i uh so good i was like as soon as i'm if i if and when i ever move back to pittsburgh mm-hmm. that's the first thing i'm doing is signing up there hell yeah and i didn't know mike then but he's the man he's he's the oh best. yeah yeah mike's the dude yeah his his dad came and like helped talk me through some of the electric work for the shop because so we were out of, we were, our budget was all messed up but yeah um just having that sort of connection to like pittsburgh and being able to like reach out to people that were friends of friends, being able to talk to like old, old dudes. They're like, I remember my landlord, he's from New York and he's like, yeah, there's all these like old yinzers and stuff. And I'm like, bro, like I know I speak that language. Like I, I, my this whole is family, what I do. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm going to be an old yinzer and like go here. I just <laughs> moved away for a while. So it's like, inevitable. It's yeah. the transition for all of us. Mm. Like eventually you become an old yinzer. Yeah. I meant to ask you too. Like, where are you, where are you from? So I'm actually from South central Pennsylvania, like outside Breezewood. Okay. Originally, that's yeah. where I grew up, like until college. Then I went to WVU, and my my now wife okay went to Cal U. Yeah. PA. It's yeah. called something else now. I forget. Oh Whoa. yeah, they're that like, was weird. Instead, they're like Penn West or something. Yeah, yeah, shit. something like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know to be honest with you, but yeah, Penn West or something like that. Yeah. And then after college, we both just kind of fell into Pittsburgh region. Like we knew we wanted to be around Pittsburgh, so yeah. for the past ten whatever years it is now. Yeah. Just here. Yeah. I love that. I love that spot. Like that region 
gets a bad rap because of Breezewood having to drive through it. Right. But like all the areas in between the valleys and the mountains. So beautiful, oh, that's man. where that's right where I grew up. God. Super rural. Fun fact about where I'm from, Fulton County. Yeah. There's more cows than people there. Really? Yeah. Like literally we, more cows than people. So it's perfect if you ever want to open a branch of fat butcher we got we got plenty of cows plenty dude of cows. <laughs> yeah how's the trout fishing out there awesome i think good trout fishing yeah. yeah i mean any all that stuff i yeah. grew up a country boy for sure yeah which is funny because i love the city life now yeah. like uh, you won't really catch me doing the country stuff but yeah you still yeah. go for trout season you still go i haven't been in several years dude, man me yeah, several I was, years i was so pumped to come back home and like hit first day of trout because um, I would buy like an out of state license, maybe even fly back to go up to camp, right? Nice. So we would go up uh, to like, uh, I had a camp uh, near Ridgeway, mm-hmm. PA, and uh, in uh, Elk County. And then um, my dad sold it. And then my buddy Pat has a camp in uh, near, it's in Jefferson County, right in, um, what the hell's the name of the creek right by him? I'm going to forget. I'm but, not going to know it, yeah. But uh, Cather's Run. So I went up there, uh, and then when I came back this time, the last last year, I uh, there was an auction for like but- a butcher shop that closed down okay. in Mariana, PA, mm-hmm. and they scheduled the auction for the first day of trout. And I don't know if you ever driven down past like Washington, PA, down through there, Washington County. Brutal. Beautiful trout streams. And I'm driving down in a fucking U-Haul, so mad, going like, I should be fucking fishing. <laughs> I got to go pick up a fucking freezer. <laughs> like, Oh, that's you know? brutal. Worth yeah. it, though. Ultimately, yeah, worth yeah, it. Yeah, we saved some money on the budget. Yeah. And we're we're all right, so we're able to open with some some used equipment and stuff. That's yeah. awesome. Looks yeah. like you guys are having a good time here, man. This is Missing awesome. Missing out on the party. There's meat and there's <laughs> yeah, I know. There were That's sandwiches. So and, yeah. yeah. Did Thanks. you try the sandwich? I didn't. I mean, I tried the meat off. He gave me a little piece of meat, but that was good. You want me to slice? But did this? he also let you try the sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't try the sandwich. <laughs> he's he's just. Being a jerk. He just said Paul gave him a piece of meat. I wasn't sure if Uh-oh. that was the sandwich. Or... <laughs> oh, I got you. That's, That's where his mind goes all the time when he Constantly. talks about guys and meat. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> he thinks differently than me. I think about like this. You got more kitchen experience than you know. <laughs> Fit right in. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I want to ask about the knife, too, because I, I respect a guy who brings a giant chef's knife with him <laughs> everywhere he goes. I, I don't bring it everywhere I go, but I do have, like, a towel in the car that, you know. Yeah, the little have. knife What's roll? the, like, red drippy stuff from it? What's that? What drippy stuff? What I mean, it? just, like, the On here? like the, the, the trail you had coming in of, like, drippy wet <laughs> red... Just, I'm making a joke. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Like, God. blood. Like... <laughs> I was like, man, what He's is like, dripping? I'm like, dude, I, I mean, that sandwich might have been kind of greasy, but I was like, I hope it wasn't dripping through the bag like a, you know, look at that like some thing. This little hammered. hammered. Where, where'd Paul's head go? Yeah, this is nice. I just got this. This one I bought for myself uh, from Chef Knives to go. It's it's nothing too crazy to be honest. It's it's a light Japanese style with the uh, Tokyo handle. Uh, it's it's pretty tight though. It's like got that hammered. Damascus. Yeah, the hammered Damascus is an absolute look. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's so nice. I got that one for myself. Sick. And then a couple of my buddies bought me a few really nice, uh, a chef knife and a slicer. Um, nice. I, I just grabbed this because it was on top of my knife roll uh, from under the table. But we've got... That's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a, it's a smooth one, man. It's it's uh, it's pretty fast. Who makes it? Um, I can't remember the... I can't remember the name. I'd have to look it up. 
Yeah. Well, it's too tempting. I was trying to, the it's way. too tempting. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Sitting next to Hunter. I was trying to get you a sponsorship there with the brand, and, the, and now the brand's like, oh, he doesn't even know who we are. But well, Chef Knives to go. I know. There we go. They every every chef I know buys their chefs that chef knives there. Very nice. It's, uh, um, yeah, they got they got did good you, deals on. Did you warn them about the table? This is this is <laughs> no. Okay, he'll, he'll be all right. I, I'm he'll not gonna right. go through the paper. All right. Right. all right, the knife probably costs more than the table. I won't. Go, I won't. <laughs> no. So this is this is from uh, that's from Madison, Thanks, Wisconsin. Dude. Those guys are doing really good stuff at uh, at Underground meat still so underground butcher was where i was working that place closed in 2019 uh unfortunately but um they're, they're still doing uh salami and whole muscle cures and stuff similar to what uh justin severino's doing in uh at salty pork bits um we got to get some stuff from them too I'm, I'm a big fan of their their uh their products as well but ali uh ali christians are uh sort of like foh front front house mm -hmm. manager she's uh, got that Wisconsin connection. Uh, her roots are roots are deep there. And, yeah. Um, uh, was just out there for Charlie, who's one, who's one of the guys who runs Underground Meats Wedding a couple weeks ago. So we were like, we definitely need to get Underground products in here. That's really um, cool that you kept it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Brought it back. We have yeah, we got some good cheese from Wisconsin, and this goes as you must as well with any with it as anything else. So it seems like that, that that Pittsburgh life is focusing around food and beverage. That's pretty much what it's turned I mean, into. I mean, we have yeah. food this time, and then last time with Cody we Sable, drank a bunch we, of local beer. We, there yeah. was local beer just went down. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, we had where what what uh, brewery? We had Helltown that yeah. day because right down the road there's a little drive-through thing. Yeah, and. Ryan was like, why don't you go snag some local beer? I was like, all right. So I went in and asked what they had, and they're like, we pretty much only have Helltown, which okay. isn't a slight to Helltown. It's still very good, but, yeah. like, they didn't have the best local slate. Actually, I brought some today. Should we Should we get those? I mean, I'd, I'd love one. There's all enough right. for all three of us. All right. I'll <laughs> yeah. go. I'll run and get that. The uh, we, We're doing – we're going to do a sausage with uh, Necromancer Brewing. They're, like, up in the North Hills, like, not far – and uh, the other brewery that's pretty close to us in uh, Lawrenceville is uh, um, Coven. Okay, they're they're definitely some like organic chemists working in that place. It just uh, seems really like smart. there's the local brew scene. Like there's just too there's like too many at this point. Like yeah. the, the the good ones are going <laughs> to yeah. rise to the top, and the and the ones that aren't as good. Yeah, are, yeah. I mean, I don't so, know. It's flooded. I wish I I wish I had a better. Uh, palate for like good beers you know like i i'll drink like old german or something or hams um, so what like if you just have like what's in your fridge right now like uh there's icy light actually in my in my beer fridge in my basement is probably it's been sitting there frozen uh it's free beers it's paps it's hams yeah uh, there might be a modello uh there might be a couple like random good ones my wife will drink like a couple good like ipas from time to time but See my 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 fridge stays filled with beer, but anytime IPAs get in there, those are the ones that disappear. Those are the ones you grab. I mean, not only me, but yeah, like yeah. they seem like those are the ones that like oh, just seem to disappear quickly. Yeah. The trees. So I grabbed some uh, brew gentleman. Did you give one to Raul? I asked him. He didn't want one. Oh, oh really? Braddock. Braddock, what up? Do I shout out Braddock? Yeah. Represent. 
Is that Paul in there? Did he say something? I don't think. The other, the other brewery we worked with so far was uh, uh, Hop Farm. We made, we made oh, right on. Oktoberfest beer brought with them. But They're awesome. Salute, guys. Cheers for having me down. Yeah, for sure. Gentlemen. Thanks for coming. Bringing meats and everything. Yeah. That was super kind of you. Sorry we're on like crazy diets right now. Oh, we can't. I know we can't have this, but, <laughs> but I didn't even think about that. But when in Rome, and yeah. you know, I good, can't have all good vibes are fun. Many, yeah, how many carbs is this? Too many, ah, dude. It's like twenty. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I already. I rode the Peloton this morning. I'm gonna have to hit it again tonight. After this, this is this is my. Uh, punishment. I literally oh, yeah, didn't so even good. think Brew about it. Brew yeah. gentleman's so good. Yeah, brew gentleman. I, I haven't had this one before. But uh, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. So you can definitely taste the spruce. It's a very wintry mm-hmm. IPA for sure. You can it's taste like the Christmas. carbs too. You can definitely taste the carbs. <laughs> no so doubt. Do you train as well? I, I mean, I've... No. Okay. <laughs> That's, right. um, I've, I've gone. I've, my knee is, was really bad, and yeah. it's just finally starting to get a little better. Yeah. But, dude, I, I tried training, and it was... It was just like making it worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And I'd sit out of stuff. He'd say, Oh, like, don't worry about it. Like, and yeah, I, I don't know. It was yeah, just, yeah. it was really painful. That being said, yeah, I would like to see, I would like to do Muay Thai more than Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Stout's um, opening right here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh. I know. I was just talking to uh, Zach. Uh, he says he's gonna be down here like half the time now. I'm like, bro, no way. Yeah, I'm stoked about that because we I, actually I asked Wilkins if Zach was gonna be available to fight in December yeah. on our December card, and he was like, no, unfortunately, Zach's gonna be man in the new Bridgeville location to help get that up and running started. Yeah. So he's not like they want him on the business side, not the fighting side right now. I saw you just had, disappointing. Uh, who'd you just? But awesome. On the other on uh, Monday, Siebert. Yeah, Siebert? Lucas Siebert. Yeah. Yeah. Who's he fighting? Who's that dude? He's fighting. Well, he's fighting some four and guy, not for us, out in Indiana. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not right. sure who that guy is. Yeah, I that's asked, a tough. That's a wild matchup for sure. Is it? Yeah. I, I didn't see. I I talked to Will. He said he he may have seen like a couple of highlights of that guy, but yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I yeah, I, I know literally nothing about the opponent. Yeah, I seen Seabrook. So like, I started substitute coaching because I really, I don't know. I think it's like part of part of like the jujitsu is if you can if you can coach a little bit it'll still start to like make more sense in your own head right that's what everybody says yeah and yeah. make and it makes perfect sense yeah and i'm like i will be like fat and lazy and play half guard like all day and mm-hmm. just go to open mats and uh you know and pressure pass and shit but like <laughs> if i'm not teaching some of the different stuff then like i might not do it and right. and, and i i won't it won't incentivize me to learn it as as much so uh yeah i started working a lot with vince uh and and paul and then as vince was teaching paul stuff and i talked to vince and told him like i want to start like coaching he would he would he and logan and um and uh mike would let me like sort of shadow him right that's where i think i met you yeah i was gonna say you at one of my the classes i was at you were teaching yeah Yeah. that's funny and so i I didn't know that was you by the way until like i connected the dots and looked on yours i was like oh it's that guy yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh my god i was like i knew i knew who you were yeah that's that's funny I remember uh, the yeah. Paul or somebody you introduced You them. can't forget it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but Siebert, I uh, I was teaching a class the other day, and like, you get wrestlers in there all the time, right? Like, there was some dude I was I was rolling with the other day, and like, as soon as I rolled him, I'm like, where are you wrestling at? And he's yeah, like, I'm yeah. a D two wrestler from like uh, Rochester or something. I'm like, sure. I, I could tell. Yep. Yep. But 
that dude was in, he was just in like a Wednesday fundamentals class. And then uh, afterwards, open mat. And I, I don't even think I talked to him during the class or anything, but like during the open mat, I saw him moving and I'm like, I'm like, dude, who the hell is this kid? <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what he was doing, but he was so like relaxed, so flowy. And he's yes. like, he's like a sponge too. He's just asking a lot of questions and like getting it right away. And I'm like, so I saw him rolling after and I'm like, I'm like, where'd you wrestle at? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he told me and then he, and then he mentioned that he had fought on the same card as Zach. And I was like, oh, I remember him now. Yeah. Like he was so fun to watch. Like yes. he was like, look off, like throwing yep, shots. Yep. And, uh, and then he won his last one too. Yeah. Like, man. It's that hilarious, watch, hilarious man. that you describe him that way because that's exactly our impressions of him as a fighter in MMA. He's just insanely relaxed. Like you don't see guys with. He made his debut for us, like an amateur yeah. debut. You don't see an amateur debut that looks that comfortable. Everybody's yeah. everybody at the core is nervous about getting into a fight, right? Yeah. Like no matter how well prepared you are, you got to go imagine. get in a fight. I can't imagine. Siebert yeah. legit did not care. Like I've never <laughs> seen somebody just like this is what I do. That's great. <laughs> it's like man, that's, that's wild. Yeah, it's fun to watch too. Zach was pretty chill. Oh yeah, Zach's Zach amazing. Was, Zach was chill. I uh, immediately was breaking his balls the next day. Where I was like, dude, I'm like, we're doing snap down guillotine defense. Like, we need to get you over here. <laughs> like, but I mean, he he was obviously uh, he was pretty comfortable. Yeah, in all, that yeah. Whole fight. I mean, he he looked good the whole fight. I just he thought did. it was funny because I knew I thought Zach was like Muay Thai instructor, like really into Muay Thai. Yeah. And then he came and just wrestled the whole time. I'm like, what was that? Like, I, th yeah. I thought you were going to be a striker. He had a Muay Thai fight. Uh, yeah. Recently too, he said it was the first time where he was like, he felt comfortable enough to sort of like plan and like set up like, oh nice he was like i'm really starting to feel a little bit more confident and yeah. land the shots that like i've been practicing that's I, awesome but yeah i don't know anything about striking other than uh during during the pandemic my boy drew and i like started hitting mitts nice and then uh i would go into the gym and i like i have a pair of boxing gloves and like uh me vince and paul were like hitting mitts and uh that's dude, funny i just i suck so bad at it right like and Vince is just brutal. I think it comes like yeah, Vince is good. I, Vince in general, is so yeah. good. He's super so talented. Good. He's very good teaching. Very good at teaching. He's good at everything. Dude. Right. I talked to a guy who like shoots like pistols and stuff, and he's like, dude, Vince goes out on the range and like shows up. People. <laughs> he's just one of those guys. He's just yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. Whatever. We were playing. Hoops. It's like obnoxious, right? Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> like, <laughs> he's good Vince, at everything. Stop, dude. Please. And I know. And then you don't want to tell him because he'll let you know too. <laughs> that, oh, nice. he's he's a, he's a talker. Oh, nice. Dude, yeah. Nice. It nice. all comes from Wilkins. I blame Wilkins for everything. <laughs> Everyone that talks shit and stuff is from Wilkins down. Because Wilkins and then and then Vince. Vince is just as bad as Mike. And uh and then uh Christian is the next one. Nice. Christian coming up is yep. already talking shit. And I'm that's like, dude, funny. what are you guys doing to this kid? Don't How make old him do is that. he? He's super young, right? I think he's 19. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. what I would have guessed. Yeah. 18. Uh, no, 18. I think he's 18. Because well. I remember uh I remember rolling with him at uh in in uh, Monroeville. Okay. And like um, they were like, this dude's 16, I think. And uh, it was like, yeah, probably like 20, 20. And they're like, this dude's 16. And I like grabbed his legs. I'm like, oh, you just, I just, I just bend you all these different directions. You're fine. You're good. I'm like, yeah. you're a 16 year old. You're yep. all right. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, but now he's like, I'm like, Christian, I'm like, come out here, roll quick, like nogi around and like hit me with a couple leg locks, like that I never even saw coming. Wow. And dude, he's, he's like, not that I'm letting him do it. I'm sure. I mean, right. I'm just like watching. As he thought you were. No, like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. he's letting me do this. No, no, I was actually no, I'm I just trying my hardest. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I'm like I'm trying to see that leg lock game, you know, like because you got to, you got it, and I'm like, it's part of how it. How do yeah. I avoid it? <laughs> I don't think there is 
and avoiding I'll, avoiding the leg lock game. Dude, like as a spectator, I don't like it, honestly. Like when I watch a jujitsu match that yeah. turns into a leg lock battle, it just maybe because I'm not into it enough. Like yeah. I don't train enough, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, like, you're not cool and you're yeah. not jits enough. I just don't <laughs> like it. Like uh, Gordon Ryan at ADCC with Nicky yeah. Rod when he took yeah. it, like just heel hooked him immediately. I'm like, yeah. Gordon Ryan could do that to everybody on earth, probably. Right. I think he even got bored with heel hooks. He's like, I'm just going to stop heel hooking everybody. Yeah, he started pressure passing. Exactly. Just like mount, mounted armbar. Yeah. He's just playing so, so. around. Exactly. It's all, it's all practice for him. Yeah. I, I, He's like competing against himself. Like, honestly. Can I beat this guy this yeah. way instead of the way that I exactly. could easier? I mean, yeah. he literally like predicted that finish at who's yeah. number one or whatever it was, the triangle of yeah, when he handed, handed him, like, the note before yeah. the match. Do you know like, that what story, a... Ryan? No. Dude. <laughs> so it was on Flow Grappling, and Gordon Ryan took a piece of paper to the commentators. It was folded up piece of paper. He said, open this when the match is over. And he triangles Wagner Rocha, and they open it. It's just a picture of a triangle. Like, he literally called it. And he could have finished him a, a lot before that. Yeah. Like he so he let him out. Let him go yeah. just to yeah. set up the triangle. Yeah. Like, that's a... That level doesn't make any sense, honestly. No, I mean, there hasn't been somebody like that since, like, Hodger Gracie. Yeah. Hodger right. Gracie, I don't know how many world titles he won, but they were all cross-collar choke from mount. He yep. would go cross-collar choke to armbar, cross-collar choke to armbar. And whichever one you're not defending... He's getting the other getting. one. Yeah. yeah like, which one do you want? <laughs> yeah. You want an arm or the Ugh. choke? Choose your poison. Brutal. Yeah, totally so, like, different I, level. I, I get the, that same kind of thing. Like, I don't really like watching the leg lock stuff, but it's more from, like, a queasy, like, someone's going to oh, get their right. shit torn. Yeah. You and see like that kid in the wrong way. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, <sighs> I know. This sixteen-year-old kid like just shredded he's this dude's huge. knee. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, he's giant. Yeah, there's this video going around. He just attacks a heel hook like violently. Yeah, and you and, and it, even in seconds the dude's knee is just gone. Yeah, I I remember uh, uh, just there was there was like a the, they changed the scheduling at at Stout, and the Wednesday maybe morning or Thursday morning was like an advanced class and. It, there wasn't too many people in there, was, and it was mostly either Logan or Warren who was teaching it. And mm-hmm. there was maybe like ten of or five of us sometimes, and um, they would follow the curriculum. Or Warren would be like, "What do you guys want to learn?" And I oh, remember nice. at first I was like, "I want to learn leg locks from you guys." Like he's going up to New York, you know, he's training with Gary Tonin and stuff. And like, wow, I'm like, and uh, you know, I'm like, can can I like, I don't know, just basics. Like, if if if, any, if no one else cares, like, <laughs> yeah, if- I'd like to learn a basic heel hook entry and like why I need to like pummel my feet inside and all this stuff. And, um, I knew some of the basics, but then like the actual, like finishing the breaking, you know, position, like, um, breaking mechanics and stuff, just getting to that position is very uncomfortable. Like Mm. when the person is setting up the heel hook, like they're, they're almost like putting so much pressure on your knee that it hurts before they're even at a position where they can break. So like when I saw that, that kid break that dude's knee, it's like, it was yeah. It was over before it, you know, before he even like really yeah. started. But like, you can't tap fast enough. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just not a big know. fan of that, man. I'm really yeah. not. It seems. I don't know. It seems like it should be illegal to me. Like you just now put this guy on the sideline for a year. Yeah. Well, like a rear naked choke, get choked out. You'll be fine in 30 seconds. Yeah. But you know? what about a Kimura? Yeah, that's true. You know, like, that's uh, true. Uh, yeah. Like where do you draw the line then? Because uh, an arm bar, even you could, you know, totally snap a dude's arm. So. Yeah. Like, do you think? Uh, do you think you could break someone's like arm from top mount straight arm lock? Like if someone's laying on their back and they have their arm mm-hmm. on the ground, like do you think you could get enough leverage to actually dislocate the elbow there? 
Me? No. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this conversation. Do you think people. you can? Do you yeah. think you can? Do you no. think someone would tap to that? In I mean, I don't think they would tap though. I don't think any respectable jujitsu player would tap because they would assume they're not in I don't know if you, intense yeah. danger. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I don't know if you could break break it, break it. But like going from that key lock or like you right. know, Americana where the where then they mm-hmm. straighten it out and like dude, I don't, I don't know. Break it. I don't know. I don't know. But you could definitely like Kimura is is snapping. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that'll break all break this bone. Like someone small could break that. That's bone the already. one. That's the su- submission. Like I think most subs, y- you can apply the pressure and control. Like whether you break it or not. I think the Kimura is the one where you you crank it and it's, all of a sudden it could it's break. Gone. Yeah. Shoulders are scary, man. But most yeah. of the time, to- most most subs like. The person knows if they're doing it like right. you know when you're extending to like yeah. break. Yeah, my my coach in Madison, Mark, was like, if you have to like really like you know force it, like you didn't really have it or something mm. like that. I, I mean, maybe it wasn't it wasn't it was phrased more like a black belt would say it. So, uh, but it was like if you have to like crank on it or something like it's you, not you can't finish it with control right. with without using a hundred percent of your effort. Like you didn't really. I don't have know. it fully. That like, makes sense. Or to just, me, or yeah. just like think, think to try and make it better. So that right. like, whenever you finish submissions, do it with like as least amount of energy as possible. Right. And like that's that should be. I mean, that's, that's always the goal. goal. Right. right. Yeah. Well, so like I think of like old school UFC stuff. Like to me, there's no way that Frank Mir didn't know he's breaking Sylvia's arm. Oh yeah. <laughs> he knew yeah, he yeah, was yeah, cranking yeah. hard he's enough like, to bust. Just Frank has a bit of a reputation for that. Well, yeah. So, like, didn't he break someone's in that? Like the mirror. He has a submission in that. The mirror lock, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think didn't he break Nogueira? Nogueira, yeah. yeah. Nogueira, yeah. the Kimura, the classic that we just it. talked yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, that one's disgusting. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. Was that sick. one's a little. To me, that's a little different though, because Nogueira is a black belt. Oh, right. And he wasn't going. He to could tap. have tapped, <laughs> and otherwise he wasn't going to. Whereas I think like Sylvia, like. Sylvia was never tapping either. No, I don't think. I mean, so, he yeah. wasn't tapping once it was broken. So. <laughs> he, yeah. he wanted to keep fighting. I know. That was yeah. insane. How about, I think uh, Henzo had his arm broken like that as well. That was way back in the prime. Oh, wow. Sakuraba, I think he hit it standing. So like, if you have oh. someone that jumps onto like, I, it may have been like from a single leg. I'm trying to remember it in my head, but like, if someone jumps on a single leg and you go over, reach over and grab that Kimura, mm-hmm. you can just sort of fall back mm-hmm. and like send them. Um, I can picture and that. I yeah. think that he did it. And they went to the ground and he just snapped it. And Oof. then like they still kept going and like Kenzo like got up and his arm is just like hanging. That's so brutal. Yeah. That was yeah. one one of my first classes at Stout at the end, like during the roll session. Logan he he didn't yell at me, but he was like, Hunter, you have to tap. Oh, like I wasn't tapping to a Kamora because I, I was like, yeah. oh, it, I'm fine. I feel like I'm fine. Like I'm fighting it. <laughs> well, if you don't, and Logan's it like, dude, breaks. tap, please. Yeah. yeah they, they <laughs> if you're not getting out, out yeah. you're tapping. And I clearly wasn't going to get out. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think of that. Like Warren, Warren made it a point to mention that after like, uh, someone was teaching the class to like, like not even like go for Kimura's for like beginners or, or like if you, right. if you, if you have, if the person has your arm like behind your back, like tap before yeah. you feel pressure. Yeah. That was definitely learning for me. Cause I was like, I wasn't even trying to be tough guy or anything like yeah. that. I was just like, I genuinely don't feel like my arm is in right. danger. So this is so easy for me to say as someone who isn't in the cage or competing, but like I have this thing where like when you're a pro and you're, and you're in a choke. Yeah. 
like go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so easy for this D bag, like promoter to say, but I, I've seen too many times where guys totally lose control, like lose where they are in the round. And there's like literally people tapping with one second left. And like, if you Mm. wouldn't have tapped, you would have gone to the next round and you've been standing like, Oh man. Yeah. So I just have this thing where like, too many people have gotten saved by the bell or like not thought they were getting out and got out. Like I get it. Amateurs like guess yeah. tap, but yeah. like, I don't know. So some, I would just say like, uh, as a non pro, but some chokes like really fucking hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. like some chokes are, uh, are like a blood choke where you're actually like strangling the person. Mm-hmm. And then some of them are like absolutely crushing your windpipe mm-hmm. and hurts real bad. And, uh, I mean, Guys that are MMA fighters are probably like still not going to tap to that, but you can also like break your neck. Like you can get sure. your neck cranked. Like, sure. dude, once you're out, that's why I'm saying can't... it's like, yeah, you don't tap like, <laughs> as I sit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, and Ryan don't tap, bro, and not get choked. <laughs> some of them, like especially guillotines. Some of those guys that didn't oh, like dude, that vicious uh, guillotine. Yeah, Ugh. vicious guillotines where like you see like the, back of the dude's neck. Dan about. Miller. Oh, no. Dan Miller. Well, just dude. just uh, Josh Fremd. Oh yeah, that Josh Fremd one was sick too. Dude, did yeah. you see? You know mm. Josh. Mm. So Josh is from Pittsburgh. Well, he's from Uniontown. Like he was, he grew up like training down at the academy down there with those guys. And then he moved out to Colorado to like chase the dream. And he's in the UFC now. And he, he got this vicious. That was disgusting. I mean, it was a vicious joke and like, it was one of the grossest, like it it was hard to watch, but despite like, even if I didn't know him, it, it was hard to watch. Like people's comments were, Oh man. Like his neck was, it was yeah, like yeah. Danny hit, hit escape on that and pull up on YouTube. The, the Dan Miller IFL guillotine. That yeah. should pull it up. I think, um, from the time I was uh, a white belt, I, uh, you know, would think of a choke as a choke, mm-hmm. like a triangle choke, especially. Right. And, uh, the way you get out of a triangle choke is to keep posture and not get <laughs> caught in it. Right. Like, um, I, I was like double click on it. No, this this you is his it. monitor, so he has to try to see it from uh. back there. Uh, it must be so small. You need to see what need, the hell I'm doing. You need yeah. binoculars, dude. Here, hand me the mouse pad. Maybe I can help you. This is mouse. this is hilarious. We we uh, did not. You do plan the typing. You yeah. do the typing, and I will do the mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think maybe maybe some of the some of those chokes you're thinking of, like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I mean, I've seen some rear naked chokes. chokes where guys are tapping out, true, and I'm like, true. you should not like keep fighting hands yeah. and like you're and then not, maybe go to sleep. You're like, if you go to sleep while you're fighting hands, like at least you went out yeah. kicking, and there's a chance that you don't know how much time's left, in, and then yeah. the bell's gonna save and you. you. And you, I, you see a lot of those guys like they're they're disgusted because they're like, man, I had like two more seconds. Yeah, yeah, I could have held out, but like, but dude, like I said, I, it's it's. <laughs> so easy when you're not the one who who's like life is flashing before your eyes. Right. Yeah. Definitely easier like, for us to say. Who is that fight against? I'm not sure. Just type in Dan Miller IFL guillotine. This is not VIFL. It's all right. It'll it'll still get it. Wi-Fi. This is the sickest guillotine I've ever seen. Yeah. It, that's it, Dave. Top one. Where are we at? Where's the cursor? 2007. Yeah. 
Full screen it. Oh, nice clear. If you're like highly intoxicated, which we're getting there. Give us time. <laughs> Give us time. Here, you're drinking this too. Cause oh, you you want me to gain weight and miss? You're weight. already I off. See what's, you're already off. I know. I know. Which is I only took time? a sip. No, no. This is uh, Dan Miller. So it's Jim Miller's brother. Oh yeah. 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 Jersey. What up? This is hilarious. This whole lead-in. Is the fight actually on here? Yeah, it looks like it. Oh. Is this the one you showed me before? Probably. It is by far the nastiest guillotine. So, Jim Miller's... Dan Miller's... His, oh, that's an arm bar right there, bro. Dan Miller oh. is Jim's older brother. Oh. <laughs> what year is this? Oh, my God. It's... Oh, God, it's dude. I think it said 2007. Bro, look at oh, his look at the angle of his dude. head. Dude, oh, dude. Oh my god, dude. Dude, it looked like he had, had to like have three died. Necks. Yeah, it looked like he had to be dead. Like dude. there's no way you can survive your head being at that angle. How much time was left though? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what what's he doing? Oh, <laughs> passing out like that. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Bro, I've never bro, seen that before. I know. Me either. Dude, that is the grossest guillotine. No, he I've means he's seen. never seen that before. Oh, I've never seen no, I've never seen that clip before. <laughs> That's the most disgusting guillotine I've ever seen. Yeah. Dude, yeah. it is it is an entirely different level. Something um, to aspire to. Fun fun fact after I Look at this. Look this at is, that. This Look done. at this guy. Look at that. I didn't even know those things existed. So now, from now on, <laughs> the wireless, wireless, yeah. just wireless everything. Oh, yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. Those mouse keypads oh, or right. mouse pad. Trackpad. Magic trackpad. No, it's track yours. Pad. This is yours. No, I know, but okay. I want to finish the first one first. <laughs> so you got a two-fisted. Yeah. Dude. So a fun fact about that Dan Miller. <laughs> it's not that fun. But we went camping. I used to work for Bleacher Report. Okay. And uh, I covered MMA, like UFC. We set yeah. up a camping trip with the Miller brothers and their dad. So we literally just went out into the woods, like no tents, nothing, just sleeping bag on the wood on the floor. Where? In New Jersey. They're from like Sparta, <laughs> yeah, yeah. New Jersey. Okay. So it's like Woods, New Jersey, not yeah. like New York City, New Jersey. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they they brew all their own beer. They make brandy. They're huge into meat, smoking meat. Like they just brought all this stuff Dude, out for so us. Cool. So we're just sitting around, literally yeah. getting hammered at a campfire with the Miller brothers. Yeah. And our cameraman, it was actually Parm. Parm was oh, the really? cameraman. Yeah, he does some camera work for us now, too. And he, we were sitting around talking, and it inevitably Robo turned. Robo-Parm. Yeah, Robo-Parm. <laughs> the conversation inevitably turned to that Dan Miller guillotine, because, like, that, it was probably... Wait, with yeah. the Millers, you bring, you yeah, bring yeah, yeah, up yeah. this guillotine? Oh, of course. Because, yeah. obviously, we were just talking about shit, and I was like, Dan, Is like, this is, like, all of you were intoxicated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan Miller Very. is the one who hit the guillotine, Yes, right? yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. We were like... Did you think you killed him? Like, yeah, right? because that was a did you very hear, did he weird. Did he like heard it? Yeah. Heard his neck pop no, not it. So he has, he calls it a five finger guillotine. And he broke down the specific grip that yeah. he uses for that. And I guess Why? it's like something he does. Yeah. Why couldn't he have like demonstrated on you? So Parm, all drunk, is like, <laughs> I'll let you do it to me, bro. Show us, show us how. To, and Dan's like, I'm not going to do it to you. And Parm's like, No, seriously, man, just do it. Just do yeah, it. And, yeah. and literally, they wouldn't do it. Like, yeah, thankfully, yeah. for Parm's safety, thankfully, they weren't that intoxicated. Yeah, but just pin you up against a tree and yeah, yeah. crank your neck. But our camera guy was like, Just do it. Just do it. And I was like, Are you insane right now? Like, have you not seen the clips? Who, who did it in studio with someone? And. 
Did it? A ge- I oh. saw oh. John Jones choked somebody out they on a radio show on, one time. Uh, they used to do it on uh, Opie and Anthony. Yes. Those you're guys right. used to like, right. choke. They would, Jim, Jim Norton would let yes. people choke, choke him out. Choke him out. <laughs> yeah. Who, Who would, you guys want to start that tradition? There was the guy <laughs> from like. <laughs> like the Fonzie yeah. guy or someone like that. The Fonzie guy. No, he like hosted a talk show and he got choked out by. I think a pro got, wrestler. Yeah, I was oh, gonna say yeah. it was Hulk Hogan. Yes, no, was it Hulk Hogan? no, it wasn't. Who was it? I don't know. Dude, I know the clip you're talking about. He like about. lifts yeah. the guy up yes. and then just drops him. Yeah, and cracks and his head. Yes, yeah. he yeah, got it hurt. Was vicious. Dude. Yeah, dude, who Tim was Kennedy? Just did that to Stevo on like a. He like did a rear naked choke on him, on like some, on a stand while he was doing stand up. And then just let him fall. Why and would you just whack? Because he's Steve O. Why would you let a guy fall? Like somebody like Kennedy, that's a legit black belt. Why would, would you just? I would, yeah, I on hard ground. Like, what do you? He must. Who knows, man? Like yeah, Steve I mean, O. Steve O. Might have requested that. Yeah, he might have been like, dude, just let me drop it for the theatrics. Yeah, right. Throw me down harder. Yeah, that's something Steve yeah, O. Absolutely. He's he's sober now and still insane. Yeah. Did you ever watch that thing back in the day when like? When he got sober, I think, where That's, he was like doing all the whippets and shit. Dude, that is a really terrible documentary. I mean, I it's well done. Yeah, but it's I didn't just know hard you to could watch. do enough whippets to like blow your mind. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought he just like he's like talking to his dead mom all the time and stuff. I was like, yeah, he thought oh, wait, we were coming so, through the yeah, wall yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit. So yeah. like, okay, I know that like the the spray like the first bit out of the whipped cream thing. Yeah, yeah. But then there's like little canisters, right, right or something right. like that. Yeah, we used yeah. to buy them at the strip club. Uh, not that I <laughs> <laughs> you used to have so to wait. go to a strip club and get a canister and then a cracker and then put them in balloons. That's wild. And then you just suck Inhale the balloon it. like yeah, helium. Just, like, breathe, you'd like breathe in the balloon and blow it back out, like breathe it a couple of times. But you could buy these like big, those big like party balloons that are like double the size because so you could put like two or three of them in there. And this so, is what like so you'd walk into a party with a balloon. <laughs> you'd walk into a party with like a cracker and like a, a couple of balloons in a in a in a. You know, canister. Bro, canister. Steve's a vet. Listen, he's breaking <laughs> his down. Yeah, like you have yeah, a dude. you have a you have a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I do, know. I, Actually, I, I have one in my fanny pack. Let me just like, show you. Like, once you once whippets in here at all. Once you finish your forty of Colt forty five, you throw the whippets in that same bag. Yeah, I think the one the dumbest That's maybe awesome. the dumbest whippet thing we ever did was try and uh, clear a bong with a whippet. So I could cloud up the bong and then do the whipping right. into a into a balloon and then put the balloon on the end, let that go, and it would blow the smoke into so it. I guess I don't know what a bong. Is. I don't really. I mean, I've done the. Well, I haven't. I've seen. I've seen people Allegedly. do like the 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 cut. Two liter bottle in a pitcher. Oh, gravity bong. Yeah. Okay, so those things. Well, you're yeah. not. That's not what you're talking about. No, I was just talking about like a regular uh, glass bong. Glass bong. Yeah. yeah. And like, so you so like the, an extra large pipe. An extra large pipe with but a little with bit of water, water in it. Okay. Yes. So then you put the balloon on the end whenever the bong is full of weed smoke, and then you <laughs> let it blow the whip it through. It doesn't so, really work. That so, <laughs> so wait, wait. But we gave it hell. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> how does the bong like hold in smoke? Because uh, there's. Well, it's like it's a it's a big cylinder like this size, right? Dude, so then, dude, well, you want a bong? I got a bong. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he got all serious for a second. He's like, "Are we gonna do this? Yeah, let's we do, do this. this." I was like, "Do you not know what a bong is?" <laughs> no, I really don't know, but okay. I was playing it off like, I gotcha, like I, gotcha. I really know. Like, no, I don't. I mean, yes. I've heard of them, but I <laughs> said like six different things in the same sentence. That no, awesome. no. Then I'm supposed to not. That be was awesome. No, yeah. yeah, you don't know me at all. Like I'm, but like. I I don't know what exactly you're talking about. Okay. 
so I don't know how the smoke stays in it. Yeah, but the, the smoke will stay in it until you stop inhaling it, right? And then it'll just be sitting in there. Oh, and okay, it's like, okay. It's so like you stop stale smoke. Okay, yeah. So you 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 inhale it until it's like cloudy inside the bong, and then it'll just like sort of sit in there. Gotcha. Would, he's a friend. Fr- he's a fr- that was nice. nice oh, move. you guys are splitting it. See, Fair nice enough. guy. You're off Fair keto, enough. bro. You, yeah. So <laughs> we have we have a weight loss challenge going on. We've like briefly talked about it, but I don't think I gave you the full details. Yeah. So the deets. It's called the Fat Mactory Challenge. <laughs> best, per, it was a total accident name. Our, our matchmaker accidentally slip said of the it, tongue. And I was like, oh, we're going that? with that. Yeah, yeah. He, he was trying to say Matt Factory and he said Fat Factory. And we started <laughs> and laughing. Like, and like, hey, that's it. We yeah. should name that. Yeah. So we always A, we gained way too much weight this year. Like we just ate like crap. Speak for yourself, Fat. Like, <laughs> yeah. So and fighters always miss weight and we, you know, off the record talk shit about it and like how can you be a professional missing weight or how can you, you know, show up yeah. and we're like but we're saying this over wings and beer <laughs> and fries and everything and right, I'm like maybe right. it's hard so I was like our next events December 17th weigh-ins are December 16th I was like let's set a goal today it was like October 25th yeah. let's say and on December 16th we'll weigh in with the fighters yeah like we'll take our current weight pick like the closest weight class or two if you're feeling ambitious and yeah. say i'm gonna hit this on december 16th nice. so that's what we're doing right now so yeah how you guys doing pretty well honestly how many, how many people i'm are, right on how track many people are in it five. five us three and then our matchmaker and our video nice. digital intern yeah yeah this is a healthy challenge yeah so i started at 241.4 yeah. and my goal is 205 light heavyweight Damn, nice. Yeah. So Dude, I'm down that's... to 226 right now already, though. Yeah. 226.9 this morning. Jeez. So bro. I'm, on the, I'm on the move, bro. I am on the move. Do, do you have steaks? Are there uh, are consequences? I've eaten plenty no, of yeah. steaks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, one no. of the few things I'm allowed to eat. Yeah. Steak, you, so you, were you trying to go like full keto? Yeah, I've gone. Well, have you done that before? Until, no, yeah, I, I have actually. You're out of yeah. ketosis. I yeah. did it one time in the past when I was I was uh, running Flow Combat at the time, and it was when Johnny Hendricks kept missing weight. Yeah, and it was like the same situation, which is why I wanted to do. Except it, it wasn't Fat Mactory, right? It, this this <laughs> name is way better. Yeah, but we were Johnny Hendricks actually called us out because we wrote he, in a yeah. in a media day for UFC. He was like, "All you media people." Talk about us missing weight, but you guys couldn't do it. You're yeah. all there behind your keyboard. Yeah. I remember Yeah. He literally this. called it out like that. I so that. so I like I was working with Dwayne Finley at the time at Flow and I was like, Yeah, let's let's do it then. He just called us out. So like you did now it then? We, Yeah. So I went keto then and lost like it was, I didn't have to lose as much that time though. Dude, you, right you weren't that. as much of a fat. I wasn't as fat to start. <laughs> it was yeah. easier. Yeah, yeah you're, exactly. You're, when you're younger, it's easier. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's, he's still young though. Yeah. That's I'm 45 and he's How old are you? 31. 31. Yeah. Right on. So yeah, it's definitely gonna get harder too. Yeah, yeah. I'm 41. So like nice. uh, around that same time, uh, when Johnny Hendricks uh, lost to GSP, mm-hmm. that was when I was in Montreal and I was. Well, at- did he lose though? He. I mean, I mean in all, in all the like shows, it was when I in, watched what, the fight, bar, like I would lo- I think <laughs> we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Montreal, in Montreal, they were sure. Yeah, yeah. we were like four blocks from Centre Bell. <laughs> wow. It was, it was, that was wild, nice. dude. It was, yeah, there was posters on. I was like, let me get one of those. Oh, that's I had my amazing. first jujitsu tournament that, that morning. Watching that live, I was 100% convinced that GSP lost. Wow. I, I was so like, too. like, I was, it was like, tight. It was tight. It was a tight fight. But I started. Uh, I was I was bored as hell at work, right? 
and uh, I loved MMA and started doing jujitsu, so I fell in love with it all. And uh, I started trying to write a, for MMA uh, nice. for this. It was a, uh, It was called MMA Weekly. I know that. Yeah, for sure. And then there's a dude, Edward something. He's like a reporter still covers Carbajal so, something Edwards maybe or Edwards Ooh, Jim Edwards Jim Edwards maybe he's a British dude yeah that's him okay he worked yeah. at flow with me actually okay Funny so enough. he worked yeah. at this MMA skinny weekly. Jim we called him because he weighed like 85 pounds I yeah. Think. yeah so he was I think one of he was like an editor I think at nice. MMA weekly and then I wrote one thing for uh it was a couple of comedians um it was called like punch drunk sports okay I think I don't know if they still do the podcast but it was uh Sam Tripoli and oh, wow. Ari Shafir and a couple other people that were some heavy hitters. Well, yeah, I mean, I wrote one thing for him. Still, and I, they were like trying to get some web traffic. <laughs> That's going, awesome. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'll do I'm it. I'm like, I'll try and get into the the Bell Center in Montreal right. if I can like write a story. Right. I'm like, yeah, you can write. Like, we're not going to pay you anything. Like, no one's paying. Yeah, I just want the credential. Bro. I just want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get. I want to be able to say. Like, can I go to have the best seats and go there for free? That's yeah. really what I was hoping for. I was like, I'll go. Can you get me in? And they're like, Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> stop, dude. <laughs> yeah, you, get out of my Facebook Messenger. Like, I was, like, messaging these guys, guys. Out my MySpace right now, bro. Yeah, it was that long. <laughs> get out my Facebook yeah. Messenger. That's hilarious. Oh, but I interviewed, uh, dude, our uh, our judo coach at at. Uh, Gracie Baja was Olivier Aubin Mercier. Yeah. He, he, I didn't know who the hell he was when I first got there. And it was the, it was the red basement in, in Montreal down on like Peel Street, it's old industrial building. And uh, I, they were like, if you're going to do jujitsu, you should take a judo class too. And I'm like, all right, cool. And there was Olivier and this other dude, I call him Judo John. They're both black belts. That's a great name. Olivier uh, used to, he was on the Olympic uh, national judo like youth. So like in high school in Canada, you can go and do like whatever sport you want as like part of your curriculum. Mm. And uh, he did that like full time. So his judo is like, I mean, it's world class, right? Right. Like at, a, as a, at a young age. And uh, he taught those classes and it was really fun. It was good part of like, it was good supplemental jujitsu stuff. I learned some. I didn't, I, I never got good at judo. But after class, like he'd be like shadow boxing. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? Like. And uh, all the guys at the gym were like, yeah, Olivier, like, I think he's on The Ultimate Fighter. Right. Like, he can't say anything because, like, they already filmed it and he's right. been gone for a few exactly. weeks. Exactly. we think he might have made it to the finals. Yeah. And then I think he lost in the finals to another guy from Montreal or I think Quebec. So. Was that Chad LaPriest? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Here? Yeah. Yeah. So those guys were both like. I don't know how I remember that, dude, by that's the way. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chad LaPriest. And uh, so Olivier. After he, after, once he got into the UFC, he had a pretty good record, and I was writing for one of those, I don't know, and they, I was like, dude, I know Olivier. And that is like, insane, yeah, go, dude. go up, and like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, he's our coach, like, he, he, he yeah. wasn't coaching ju judo anymore at that time, sure. he was fighting in the UFC, and he's up at TriStar, and like, I could ride my bike, like, it was like, I don't know, 20 blocks from my apartment. Sure. So I just rode my bike up there, and met him at the gym, I walk into TriStar, and, uh, like GSP was like giving them a speech on the way out and like wow walks out and is like what's up and I'm like holy fuck oh dude God, it's just GSP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then Faraz is in there like talking to the team and I'm just like holy fuck I can't believe <laughs> why am I here right yet. now yeah and I'm just like walking around like trying to like play it cool and then Olivier and I talked for a while and uh, yeah I wrote I wrote something about it and it was you know probably probably not good you know but now uh, I want to go find it 
It's still, <laughs> if it's on the it. internet, it it's exists. On there. Yeah. It's on there. I'm sure I like yeah. tweeted about it like you know, <laughs> ten years ago. I was pumped to write it, man. He was he was such a nice guy, and like we were joking around about like no gi judo and stuff, and um, yeah, he was he was a really good coach. He and judo John. That's yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, I think people underestimate for the most part. You you know anybody in the game knows, but exactly how nice fighters are would blow the casual observer's mind i think because they think it's this this mean aggressive guy or girl that's just out to hurt people and it's like actually they're the least likely to hurt you in any other circumstance like they're the chillest people on earth because all day they're training they're tired like they don't want to fight you in the streets actually (laughs) that's the last thing they want to do no yeah Yeah. you don't want to you don't want to run into the one (laughs) percent yeah ten percent of guys that are exactly yeah but yeah like 90 percent of them are just like you know, it's, it's, it's so funny. Like I was talking to, I was talking to Vince and then, uh, and Will too. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who the hell we were joking about making, you know, somebody like someone almost like was talking shit to Vince in a parking lot. And he's like, Oof. it'd be crazy to like, let this guy just come at me and then just, I'll just let him, I'll just slip. Yeah. Slip just not even hit. Just gonna, let him just understand how like, foolish he's being. He's going to be foolish uh, yeah, yeah. for about 30 seconds. Then he's going to get clipped with a liver shot or something or like, you know, in the belly and just be like i shouldn't have done that dude like even then i don't even know how bad those those guys would hurt you know someone oh, who was yeah. like swinging on him yeah yeah it would be terrible like the, i just heard joe rogan telling a story about oh man who was it oh he was with uh leon edwards somewhere yeah and somebody started talking shit to leon edwards didn't, <laughs> didn't know who he was at all yeah. some drunk guy yeah and joe rogan literally was like i had to intervene and say sir you are about to make a critical mistake here. <laughs> like, yeah. Trust me on this one. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, Masvidal would probably swing, but like <laughs> Leon Edwards might be one of those nice guys. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just let it go. Diffuse I, the situation yeah. as long as possible. Masvidal yeah. seems like he's the, he's the one out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's as real as it gets. I think in that capacity, like yeah. you just don't, don't approach him with that. Yeah. No. Yeah. On site. Like you said, yeah. that's, that's crazy, dude. And those guys, it's such a different level. Like we went, when I was with Flo again, we did a lot of these road trip series. Mm-hmm. So we would go to the fighters' gyms and houses. And even like if they would invite us to their house, obviously take them up on that offer and just hang out with them for a while. Like it was very non traditional reporting. Yeah. More like, I don't know, what you call it, like Hunter S. Thompson, like Gonzo style reporting or cool. whatever. Very cool. Yeah. It was some, some of the best experiences of my professional life for sure. So we were, yeah. we were actually staying with Cub Swanson one day at his house. Yeah. And uh, he was demonstrating like a new liver kick that he was working on with me. And dude, it was it was two percent speed. Like yeah. it was the slow. And still, I was like, bro, like don't do that. Like yeah. that hurt. Yeah, it was, it was so good. It was like a front kick almost. But he got like the liver teep. with his toes. Uh, yeah, it was like a teep, but the toes and like the ball of the foot. He's I guess your get, liver from the front. I'm like, bro, that is not comfortable yeah. at all. And I know you're not even trying. So like the people who don't understand or train or just. They're in for such such a shock. Yeah, I'm. I luckily to be around enough of those guys to know how much I don't know and like. Right. And I. Uh, but you even know, you would completely wreck the average dude. If I, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those it's it's one of those things like uh, that I knew in high school messing with the wrestlers. It's mm-hmm. like if you hit me, like you better knock me out. You right. Know what I mean, like, right. Unless you're obviously like a fighter or something like that. Sure. But like, yeah. It if and and I and I saw those fights happen with like our wrestling team at Kiski was like. Uh, up there with Burl, like up there with mm, Burl wrestling. Nice. Back then, I think Burl has sort of like gained so much, like more. Shout out Isaac Greeley. Holy <laughs> fuck, yeah, or whatever they're doing down there, like. But 
Kiski Kiski is also a wrestling like mm-hmm. institution. Mm-hmm. And um and like I saw I saw a couple of those guys get into like street fights and stuff. And it's like you don't I knew I knew from an early age like you don't want to get into a fight with no. a wrestler. And those guys would they would just be standing there like not really talking shit and they're like yeah, yeah, maybe you'll knock me out, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're like, you better knock me out if you, you hit me. You better do that. You better knock <laughs> yeah. me out if you hit me because if you don't and I get a hold of you, it's done. It's gonna be your worst day. And I'm and I was always afraid of that, man. And like, so yeah, I think I think knowing jujitsu kind of, kind of, relieves a little bit of that, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of think the same way. If someone like average dude at a bar or something like that like swings and like I'm pretty sure I can take him down and hold him down and at least like yeah, yeah they wouldn't have a chance to. They're not gonna. No way. Probably not. Yeah. Unless they knock me out. Right. <laughs> there is that. We imagine getting like taking some dude down and like you get swept. Dude, there was yeah. a guy. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a guy at my gym who, uh, he, this dude, oh uh, man, what the hell is his name? Uh, it's going to kill me. If I remember it, I'll tell you later. But uh, he was, uh, he was, I think he had like 12 pro fights or like 10 pro fights and like a bunch of amateur fights. And he would, he taught the jujitsu classes. He was a small dude. He was probably 135, oh, maybe wow. 140. And, uh, like he, uh, he was, he was a brown belt at the time. Mm. And, uh, we were joking around about this is Baron Bolos were like super popular at this time. And like, I remember that explosion. Doing, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. doing Baron Bolos. And, and, uh, this dude was JP, John Paul, something, uh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry, JP. If, uh, but anyway, if he would, he was like, dude, he was like, if I get into a fight at a bar and like I'll bear and bowl of something. And I'm like, what? Dude? <laughs> of like, all you, things like, to do. Yeah. He was like, I swear, I would love for someone to like hit me in a bar just so I can bear. But he was like, I guarantee they won't fuck me up. I'll pull guard bear and bowl of someone so fast <laughs> that like I'll have their back before they can hit me. That's such a hilarious like <laughs> fantasy to have. Like, yeah. please start something so I can bear and bowl of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I and now I train with Vince all the time, who probably could. Now I now Do I know that. how fast like people can bear. I mean, v- JP could bear and bolo super fast back then. Like that dude could go upside down and and take your back and like, you know, in a so second. nuts. Yeah, yeah. Vince is like that too. It's and an he, entirely different level. Yeah, yeah. Just go right, go right at him. Keep. So how how much how much training have you been doing since Not since much, those dude. first classes? Yeah, no? yeah. Full disclosure, I've been a turd on that for sure. Yeah. So you're doing the weight loss challenge yeah. via Peloton? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Although grappling, I think would get it done even faster. It does. It's the most tiring thing on earth. First of all, yeah. Like people who have never done it need to go to a class just to know exactly how out of shape you are. Yeah, yeah. It's a different set of muscles, but I found I. I was probably like 230 or 220. I don't know. I was probably like 240 maybe when I started. And uh, I was, I had been lifting weights just like constantly. Like mm-hmm. after, I don't know, for a number of years, I was like, I want to get back all the strength that I had when I was in college. Or I was like benching 300 or right. squatting 400 and all this shit. But at a lower weight, you know, like sure. doing it at like 230 instead of like 300. Yeah, yeah. I was playing right. And then, so that's when I switched over to do jujitsu. And, uh, and I was just strong as I was strong. I wasn't any good at anything, but like it kept me in really good shape. And then once I started getting like better at it, you get more efficient at right. it. Right. So just like anything else, you're like, I can just lay and play half garden. Exactly. Be lazy. Yep. Uh, and I started gaining weight. So when I, when I, right around when I got my purple belt, I, uh, I think I, I competed in Chicago, Chicago open, at blue belt that was like my last competition before i got promoted and 
I think I was like 255. And then I gained weight during the pandemic after that. Right. I was still training jujitsu like three, four days a week. That's and pretty like, nuts. And it's like, yeah, but I was, I was bartending, drinking, you know, all that shit. Like, so it's yeah, all yeah, about right. all those other things. And then jujitsu. So at Stout now, like I train, like, I mean, I mean now for the last like month, I've been at the shop from like eight, eight thirty in the morning till like 10 at night. Some nights, like oh. not, not, not solid for the last sure. month, but like for the last couple of weeks, it was, it's, it's been a pretty grueling opening schedule. Yeah. I can um, imagine. But, um, before that, I mean, I was doing, I would, I would train jujitsu two, three days, maybe one or two sometimes mm-hmm. and teach class one or two times. And Warren would always be like, dude, come practice, come to practice. You got to come roll. And I'm like, I know, I know. I'm like, but I got to do like strength and conditioning. And it's mm-hmm. not like heavy lifting. It's like kettlebell, mm-hmm. you know, mo- like mobilization stuff or like gotcha, mobility yeah. stuff. Yep. Um, a lot of like stretching and crap. And uh, that's helped me feel a lot better. And it also helped me to be able to roll longer. Because I would it. just roll, just roll. Like my back would get sore and like you get gassed out and then you're mm-hmm. like, go back to your like, you know, comfortable positions and just like try sure. and survive. But so I had to go back and like start lifting again. Cause I was way out of balance, man. It was mm-hmm. way too much jujitsu and not enough and just burning the candle at both ends. It makes perfect sense. So when, think, when are you coming back? Dude, that's, a, that's the best question. So now that I'm here a lot, like when stout opens oh, here, that's going to be obvious. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But I got to get back ASAP. For sure. Are you, it's are you on into the striking too? No, not at all. Just, you like jujitsu though? Yeah, I like jujitsu. Oh, that's awesome. I did. I loved it. I genuinely loved it. And the feeling when you leave is amazing. Mm. Like you feel great after class, as brutal as it is during. Yeah. But it, it's funny, like you mentioned a, a lot of like how you get more efficient. Mm-hmm. Like those first couple classes, how inefficient. I, I remember times where I was like, I'm not breathing right now. Please remember to breathe. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Like, you're so focused on just not dying that like, I was like, I'm literally holding my breath. Yeah. Like not only is my cardio awful, but I'm making it way worse Yeah. because I'm not breathing right now. I think, I think some of that shit helped me in the kitchens too, man. Yeah. I, I would, you're so clunky and like, you're going to cut yourself or something or you're standing on one foot and uh, dude, so many dudes in my, uh, that I worked with would make fun of me for the way that I would stand. I would stand and like, like I'm ready to take a shot in yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah, right. And like they're like, "Why are you standing like that?" And I'm like, "What are you doing? You're like leaning on your hip, cutting chives. Like not like yeah, you can like look like this and talk and while you're cutting and you're not looking at me and you can do it way better and faster but than I can." But if somebody bumps you, you're going down. But you're standing on one foot and I bet your back is going to hurt. But if I'm like I'm like I don't know, like you know, shitting on people, I'm like, "Dude, cuz I, I like want to be like an athlete standing right. an athlete athletic stance yeah yeah and if i find myself doing it like it, your back will hurt and like sure i was telling people today i'm like we broke down a cow yesterday like that we did three quarters of a cow and each of those quarters is two two fifty and like putting it on the table breaking it down all by hand with hand saws and hand tools flipping them over and i'm like if your back hurts tomorrow stretch your hamstrings like do you know that. like yeah. do that stuff yeah. man like but jujitsu kind of like helped me in the kitchens too, you know, I'm sure like it, it's, it's that, you know, sort of body mechanics right. and, and all that crap. That's so cool, dude. Where right. would you rank if you belt ranked your butcher skills right now? What belt would you be as a dude, butcher? This is my, this is my buddy Shirley, uh, <laughs> asked me the same question. <laughs> ah, damn it. I swear to God, Thought I, I had like that. a unique question. You're like, he Oh, also. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did say that. And, uh, and I had trouble answering his too, but I was like, I think I'm solid purple belt. Okay. I good. think I'm a solid purple That's belt. That's solid. Yeah. I can do some cool shit. Um, 
maybe you'll progress the same. Like you'll get your brown belt in jujitsu and feel I like think, a brown belt butcher dude, at the same time. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. They're like parallel. I yeah. think, uh, I think teaching also helps, you know? Right. And, uh, I think it will come through like on how well, like our butchers do, um, that are coming in with little to no experience. Right. And I'm teaching from scratch and we'll see, we'll see how, how they progress. And that'll be maybe a reflection on, on me. The same as like, if you yeah. start teaching, like how good are your students? Yeah. yeah. When right. I, when I see, uh, there were students that Bruno had when I was a white belt that they were getting their black belts and stuff. And I was like, Oh man, like you roll like Bruno. And they were like, mm. that is like the biggest compliment. That's, oh, that's what you want. You want to be able to roll. like That's so cool. You know? And yeah. then, uh, in Madison, this dude, Mike, uh, Mike is one of the coaches there. I think he's a Brown belt. He's, he just won a pretty decent competition somewhere. I mean, it might have been pans or something. And Very he, nice. He rolls like Mark. He rolls like his instructor. And that's uh, really cool. And you could feel it in mm-hmm. the pressure. You could mm-hmm. feel it in like the the setups and stuff. And all these guys down at Stout, like you can you can kind of get the influence. But there's there's so many good coaches there. Mm-hmm. There's you know, uh, you get guys that are starting. You ever roll with Jebda? You know Jebda? He does Doesn't real early bell. mornings. Yeah, I um, doubt I was ever there then. He he has a style that that people start picking up on uh, Mike for sure, you know, um, and and all that you know from Warren and, and right. uh, um, Sean Williams, you know, all, yep. all the way through like their lineages. Like it depends on which coaches, different groups sort of like work with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the thing that's really cool about style is um, like the the freedom where they allow you to like. <clears throat> you know, sort of work on things on your own. Like during the pandemic I, is when I moved back here. Mm-hmm. It was 2020, the summer, and I had torn my MCL or torn my meniscus. So I, my wife and I drove back to Pittsburgh while I'm on crutches. My leg is swollen. I'm taking like painkillers in the that car sucks for like so bad. 11 hour drive. Ugh. And uh, I wanted to train and I couldn't and I had to get surgery and blah, blah, blah. So I would start going to Stout. They were they weren't doing classes that winter because I mean there was right. no one's weren't you know, allowed. Definitely yeah. not doing jujitsu. Like sure. not touching each other. But, oh, uh, you mean touching each other in a hot, <laughs> sweaty environment isn't the best for yeah, transmitting for transmitting diseases? Yeah, yeah breathing in somebody's mouth. <laughs> yeah, shout out Polish Hill Grappling Club. <laughs> Polish Polish Hill Grapplers Club. <laughs> Still need nice. the T-shirt, Polly. Hook but, it up. Come on, Polly. What the hell, uh, dude? So he. Paul and Vince, that's when Paul started training, I think, somewhere around there. Nice. And him and Vince would be there on Friday mornings, and uh, I'd just be lifting. And they're like, dude, you want to, like, roll with us? And Jason Bram, too. And uh, so we started, like, a little crew that would, like, you know, train together. And, um, yeah, man, it, it was, it's been, it's been a really fun last couple of years being down there. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's, it's. It was so welcoming. It felt like I'm back home in Pittsburgh. That's what I was just going to say. I love how things have come full circle for you, man. You're back home and things are like settled in. I can tell how passionate you are about the butcher shop and the meats and everything that you're doing. I think it's awesome, man. This Thanks, is bro. this is killer. I want to I had one more question. Oh, forgetting. Thanks. Shout out <laughs> shout out Brew Gentlemen for helping me forget questions. Oh no, I remember. So this is something maybe I haven't been following your Instagram enough, but I was surprised like you brought that sandwich in. Are you you're yeah. selling food like prepared foods as well? It's not just a butcher shop because yeah. when you said your chef, also I'm like, why do you need a chef at a butcher shop? Like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. We kind of did. We, we're kind of doing like maybe too much of a slow roll open here. You know? <laughs> yeah, like um, so part of whole animal butchery is like you want to be able to utilize everything, um, and a 
lot of the stuff that uh, you sell out of the case or people are looking for tenderloins, ribeyes, flat irons, you know, sure. stuff that you're familiar with. But when you break down the whole animal, you have a lot of offcuts and a lot of things that aren't going to sell. You're not going to sell beef shank in July. Sure. Um, so being able to utilize that, like I took the beef shanks off the last one and made like a barbacoa. So it's like a, just a whole, whole muscle barbecue Sorry. usually. Um, and so being able to sell those like prepared items. So our chef and like even some of our butchers are doing like production chef like where you're okay. rendering fats so that's why we had to build the kitchen if you're going to build a kitchen you may as well you know do the whole do the whole thing so we're doing grab and go uh sandwiches uh we're doing breakfast sandwiches on the weekends from like nine uh nine a.m uh so we're open tuesday through friday from 11 a.m until 7 p.m and we're doing lunch from 11 till four so we've got like four or five rotating sandwiches on nice this week we just like literally opened the door stuck our head out and we're like we're open to like the That's, people in the neighborhood that is so cool. local local businesses have been coming in and like right on you know we wanted to allow them to like sort of uh yeah discover us before we like yeah posted everything online dude i made a huge mistake though so i uh i can't do it <laughs> so yeah we're doing sandwiches uh every day there's like maybe a roast beef a smash burger a meatloaf sandwich was banging Oh, it was on special. Dude, I love meatloaf so much. It was a meatloaf so sandwich with uh, bacon and uh, white barbecue sauce. Yes, and please. Jesse's making his own focaccia bread and ciabatta bread in house. Uh, a lot of pickled, a lot of fermented stuff. Um, I'm gonna lose this weight loss challenge yeah, now. The porchetta sandwich, which I which I brought, uh, and then I think we have a roast beef, uh, and uh, we got that corned beef and pastrami coming. Nice. But um, so we'll be doing sandwiches like every day. Um, and then breakfast sandwiches early on the weekends from like 9 a.m. That's sick. Yeah. What was on that breakfast sandwich? I didn't try it. I'm not going to dunk into bread during the challenge, but yeah. what was on it? Now um, I got to know. So I think I think that was, we did it on ciabatta bread, um, which Jesse made. Um, and then it was a an egg from a local farm. It was just like a dippy egg, as you know, yes. how we call it. The best. <laughs> I had a friend of mine in a, in a restaurant, a diner one time. They were like, how do you want your eggs? And he was like, dippy. And they're like, huh? <laughs> nah, dude, it was I like 51. That. They were like, oh, got oh okay, <laughs> good, like, good, good, good. Oh, yeah, they know. Yeah, they were like, okay, I always think too it's, dippy. <laughs> dude, I do it out of town on purpose just yeah. to see what they're going to do. <laughs> no, I dude. love that because yeah. I, I legitimately love dippy. Like, that's yeah. my preferred style of egg. Yeah, for sure. I love saying it elsewhere and just getting the look of the like, look of, what are you like, talking about? Over yeah. easy is fine. So the, <laughs> yeah. We got either bacon, sausage. Uh, uh, that one was with uh, like a, it was a maple breakfast sausage I made last week. Ooh, very so we, nice. Yeah, we made some sausage. So we made like some sausages, breakfast sausage, bratwurst, Italian sausage. We made a longanisa, which is a Filipino sausage, with like South American spices. So it was like a Chilean longanisa. That sounds awesome. Um, we're going to make some borors, which is like a South African sausage. What's that flavor profile? Like that South uh, African cuisine doesn't even resonate with me. I don't know what that would be. I think, so I think the cool thing about it is I think it's a, uh, like more of a, a wild game sausage. Ooh. So I don't know what they're eating down there, yeah, but like right. the spices they use are similar to a, uh, Dutch, Dutch flavors. Cause I think it's like Interesting. a, there was like a Dutch colony sort or of something. Colony yeah. Thing, okay. Know, back and forth. I'm not and, a history guy, yeah, but so border, I think I, they always say it weird because like I don't speak I sure. don't any like Afrikaans or whatever. Yeah, but it's yeah. like borovers, and it's the two words are boar, which is like a wild boar. So it's all like, right, and then worse is like the sausage. So like got you, know, you got knock worse, brought worse, all yep. those worse. So it's from up there, and then they would do like 
like wild game, you know, okay. wild boar, deer, shit like that, and make it into a sausage. So it has a lot of coriander, marjoram, similar spices to sure. a bratwurst. Gotcha. But you can use lamb, you know. We could use good. deer. I'm we'll not try. doing any deer in the shop. You're not allowed. But yeah, I was gonna say, isn't it like wild game like that? Illegal, or you need a special yeah, permit it has for to it? Be or from what? a farm. It has is to that be the deal? Okay. USDA certified processing with a stamp. Uh, if I'm gonna make any deer that sausage, sucks. it'll be in one of my friend's garage. Black market deer sausage. Yeah. yeah. My dad and so obviously my name's Hunter. Like my parent, my dad is a huge hunter. That whole side of his family is crazy into hunting. He literally was in a tree bow hunting this morning. Like that's their life, and they yeah. make deer sausage every year, dude. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, so good. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'd like to. I think w- the main thing we'll be able to do is supply some pork for people like your dad to be able. It's to, good enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mix yeah. in with it. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. We, we've got some fat on hand. That's sick. So, <laughs> when is the official grand opening? You said grand I mean, opening date. is grand opening is Saturday the twelfth. This okay. this weekend. This, Two days. All right. Yeah. So we're we, gonna have to get this out then. We're gonna have to get this out tomorrow. <laughs> Send it. Yeah, we're yeah. we're we're open now. We're we yeah. uh the shop was open. There was a bunch of people. I mean, we made some sandwiches. I was I was bullshitting with some Yinzer in there like twenty minutes ago That's about so making cool. his like Italian sausage <laughs> recipe. I'm like, I'll do it. Dude. I'll try it for <laughs> I'll you. Make it. What's your name? Name yeah, it that. Dude, like, I handed I handed him my my recipe and was like, send me what you want me to do. I don't that know. That is hilarious. I was like, I'll make it in house. I'll make you like ten I'll pounds do it of you for you. But yeah. if it's your sausage, why aren't you just making it at home? <laughs> why do you want me? <laughs> You'd to rather make... pay me to make it. That's so weird. Yeah. What a weird flex. I kind of like it. <laughs> I like, like making sausage. I could make it. this, but I want you to make it for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like what? He what did. are you doing? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I got to come in, dude. Like, my freezer needs stocked up for sure. I'll be in. Yeah, man. Buy some stuff. That's sick. I love, dude, seriously, the pastrami. Like, that's no cap, as the kids say. That was the <laughs> best pastrami I've ever had in my life. This Thank was you. phenomenal. I know this wasn't yours necessarily, but I yeah. appreciate you bringing it nonetheless. Sure, yeah, it's a good one. The beers were good. The chats were good, dude. Good. I appreciate all the time, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming out. Like you Anytime. said, you're super busy right now, so I know that yeah. finding a pocket of time to... Just drink beer and bullshit is tough, but we it appreciate is. it. It yeah. is. I was glad to step away for a bit. I'm sure. The crew was like, every once in a while, they're like, just go do some. Like, nice. I had one day off in the last month, and I went to the gym. And there, and it was like the most enjoyable. I'm sure. It was great. So I'm, I got to start working in more more of this, more of these things into my into my schedule so that I have a little bit more balance. Right on. But I will do. Do this. I'll come down anytime. Yeah, dude. Our doors are open to, for yeah. sure. And especially know. if you keep bringing good, good <laughs> shit, we're down. Yeah. yeah, get us off the weight challenge so I can actually eat one of these sandwiches. Let me know who too. wins. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get the winner. Give the winner something. Uh... Oh, dude, I'm in. I got this. I got this. No more beer. Get this out of my sight. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go check out Fat Butcher Shop. It's right in Lawrenceville, right? It's right in Lawrenceville, yeah. fifty-one fifty-one Butler Street, Upper Lawrenceville. Come through. Beautiful. Go check them out. Later. Ha, ha, ha.